Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Hey, so what? Have you been keeping up with um, with your Espanol habits? No. No? Why not? I don't know. I just stopped and then um, didn't start again. And Duolingo keeps sending me emails that they're disappointed in me. I'm like, I don't need to be guilt-tripped by a phone app, little fuckers. Wait, Duolingo I, like, sends you reminders saying you've been slacking off. You don't know Spanish. You don't know shit. And you're worthless. They, they sent me – so, so Duolingo has a mascot named Duo who's like a little owl thing. Oh. And they sent sent me an email titled "You made Duo sad," and then oh. the subject, then like the the body was something like "You haven't logged into the app for X amount of days," and then it was just a little mascot, and he looks sad, and he had his head down. I'm like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> so they're trying to the guilt trip tactic tactic of getting you uh, to. I, so I yes. started doing I started doing that Code Academy thing to learn how to code and I guess mm-hmm. HTML and Flash and all that shit. I did that for like a week and then I got a little discouraged <clears throat> and the same thing's happening. Like I'm getting emails like every other day from the Code Academy, like like trying to guilt me into going back and like, learning shit and I'm like, eh, I'm over it. I, I got to – I want to try a different method. Like maybe um, – again, maybe I could do it while I'm walking my dog because I, I, I was at it for two and a half, three months and I just don't feel like I made as much progress as I should have. Um, in in a progress in uh, Duolingo, yeah, speaking Spanish. So, some people say they've got much better results with Pimsleur. I I just tried one lesson with Pimsleur and it was so fucking boring. But that's when we're like, if it works that much better, then you know maybe you just have to tough it out and slog through it. Well, <clears throat> you're gonna want to know Spanish. By the way, welcome to the Je- Degenerates Clubhouse, episode number nine- 19. 19. 20 is going to be a, a good little mini milestone. Um, yeah, we've got a celebrity guest coming for episode 20. I can't tell you who it is. <laughs> no, I don't even, I don't, <laughs> no, no spoilers, but but their name rhymes with Pim Morton. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I thought you were going to say something like more outrageous, something like... Uh, he is the current president of the United States, and his name rhymes with Schmonel Schmrump. We, we, we've, we've got the current president of Four Seasons Landscaping in Philadelphia coming. Yes. Celebrity. Hot. Only Nothing but the best for our, our, uh, our listeners. That, only get the was, best. It's, it's a little bit of a weird tangent, but uh, d- during uh, his many claims of rampant election fraud and everything uh our our fearless leader president trump said that bad things happen in philadelphia and then that was immediately on t-shirts because people in philadelphia are like yeah fucking bad things happen in philadelphia i want to wear that around (laughs) (laughs) that's that's just a little little look into the mindset of philadelphians they they weren't insulted they embraced that that's kind of new because the last episode uh, the election results were still kind of trickling, and they still kind of are trickling in now. But I think, I think the consensus is is now that Biden is the president elect, and it sounds like 
Trump is kind of almost conceding, sort of, kind of, not really. There's still, there's still this like, I guess his lawsuits and he's saying that the that, that the election has been kind of tampered with and stuff. But yeah, except he, the, the the hilarious part is if you look at what the actual lawsuits are, even if they were successful in every single one of the lawsuits left, it wouldn't make any difference. Their lawsuits are like. Over like ten votes, things like that, where it's just really it it, it is to the point where um, it's it's deliberately a show. It's not there's no aim to actually have a result. It was this, I, and I'm quoting. I forget who I'm, I'm quoting. It was one of the the uh, staffers said that that President Trump is upset and he knows that he he lost, but he thinks that the people who voted for him deserve uh, a fight that he puts up a fight for them so this is just sort of a form of theater to appease them and it's like bro like that's all well and good but you know there's like shit going on in the country like <laughs> things aren't like perfect and rosy right now so maybe maybe divert your your uh, attention elsewhere because you he's still president until january 20th it's like bro you got shit to do yeah you you <clears throat> go ahead and correct me because I, I i don't know I don't follow this shit as <clears throat> as much as you do, but isn't it like the <clears throat> the election uh, had a lot more voters um, turn out than like the the last X amount of years? Well, ever, um, ever? I, I think. So, well, uh, in numbers of voters certainly, since there's, there's a lot more people in the country. I don't know yeah. what the percentage of people in you know seventeen eighty whatever you know that voted were. But the, it, it, we, were, we were pretty close to half the country voting in this election versus a little, being a little bit close to a third of the country voting in la, the right. election prior. Do you so think yeah, it was, it was a much bigger turnout. Do you think it's cause for concern that <clears throat> that there that Trump still managed to get like a shit ton more votes than his previous election? Like it's like a sh- like I mean it was I mean. Fine, Biden wins. Biden's the next president, but it was like it was pretty damn close. It wasn't as close as the two thousand whatever four election that you mentioned two, with the two thousand. Yeah, 2000. that was the closest it, it of our lifetime. It wasn't as close, but it was pretty close in the sense that like the media. If, I mean, if you listen to just just the media, <clears throat> like Trump was going to get Trump, his ass kicked. Trump got. The most votes, the most number of people, not the highest percentage, but the most number of people voted for Trump than any other president in the history of the country other than Joe Biden in this election. Yeah. Like so Trump did, did, got did, more, more votes, the number, the total number of votes was more than, so I think, that, Obama. And, does that concern you like a little – or does like – what is that what, – what, what do you think about that? What is that – what does that tell you about our country right now? Does it tell you, like, does it indicate anything to you? Well, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, um, you know, that I think led to that. You, so first, there's just a, l- a lot of different uh, disinformation going on, like particularly on Facebook. Um, but, you know, Fo- Fox News, OAN, all these, these networks because it's funny, like for me, I never used Facebook before the pandemic at all. Um, I just something about Facebook has always sort of creeped me out. I just don't like using it. But 
uh, I, I was using it for, for uh, the marketplace because I was trying to track down some stuff and then also just to reach out, connect with people. And to me, when I got on Facebook, I'm like, oh, my God, this is like an alternate reality. Like the yeah. little like clips and memes that I see popping up. I'm like, this does not correspond to my understanding of what's actually happening out in the world. This is nuts. And then, you know, when you go into uh, a Fox News or I mean, this is this is OAN was a network that was like, wow, like Fox News is like way too kind of middle of the road and, and uh, on the nose with, with the reporting. Like we want something that's a lot more pro pro Trump, pro uh, Republican, um, which was kind of nuts. So it's like there's a lot of people that aren't getting um, what, what I view to be accurate information, both, and that's not just that's not just Republicans. I mean, I, I think most of the Trump voters are in that boat, but Democrats have the same problem. I don't think the Democrat, the the sort of left leaning networks are as bad. Um, the the difference being that like Fox News, OAN, like they'll just make stuff up to to fit what they're trying to get people to believe. Uh, you know, like a CNN, and I see them do it all the time, they'll just admit things where it's like, yeah, this is pretty important to the story, but it doesn't really fit with what we're trying to say, so we're not going to mention it, which I don't think is great either. That's why I don't I don't get my news through CNN or MSNBC. But anyhow, that's, that's one thing. There's, there's a lot of, like, disinformation, and a lot of people really think that Trump did a great job. That, that's, that's one. Um, then... I forget what two is. Maybe it'll come to me in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, but I see. But, but here's the here's a, here's the thing. The scary thing about it is when you when you talk about the masses, like the people, like the majority of people, we we feed we feed off of Facebook and social oh, media. Oh, oh, that's what two is. Sorry, C- keep going. No, well, that's I what I was, I mean, you get, uh, maybe you can chime in, but but the majority of 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 the of the country, we're, we're consumers. We feed off of the social media and the interactions we happen we have on Facebook and and Instagram, all these other things. And if the majority of us are plugged into that, uh, let's call it a network. It's not a network, but it's a social media service. Um, if the majority of us are plugged into it, then we're. It just it tells us like. If we allow ourselves to be driven by that, like by 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 what we see on that, and, and that's and that's going to be driving what we think, then we're mm-hmm. in trouble, you know. And again, it goes back to that um, uh, Cambridge Analytica type of you know thing that we talked yeah. about. In a- we exactly, and as we found out, that medium is especially easy to manipulate. Yeah, like. Uh, and Facebook still uh, isn't really taking steps to to correct that. Like Twitter has a little bit. I don't know if they're going to continue doing that. But around this election, it, it's it's kind of hilarious and scary in a dystopian way. Where you see, if you look at you look at the sort of timeline of the president of the United States tweets, and it's like. Okay, this tweet is disputed. This this tweet is factually incorrect. And it's like Twitter is like fact checking all of his all of his tweets, and like every single one has something that you know is either under dispute as far as Twitter is concerned. Which that's tough. I don't know. That's a tough uh, line to walk for them. Where it's like, well, do we do we quote unquote like censor the president of the United States, or do we just let him you know say things that that uh, we believe are, are factually incorrect? But Here's my second thing. Okay. There's three things. 
Um, and, and just to spoiler alert, I'm most concerned about the third thing because I'm like, this is the one that is more of like a, a sort of call to action. The second thing, though, is just as a species, like we're, we're very prone to sort of like tribalism, right? Like that's why we love sports. Like you've got your – I'm actually – I didn't I didn't plan this, but, but even though I'm not a, a <laughs> true, true, true Eagles fan anymore, like I'm still – bought in enough where I'm wearing a Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt and like, yeah, like my sports team's the best. And maybe they do, uh, you know, maybe they're going to make bone. Well, I, I I didn't, I I wasn't speaking about the Eagles. Um, (laughs) They're not. Look, we, we, the Eagles finally won a Super Bowl, and I was like, all right, I'm done. I retired from being an Eagles fan uh, officially. I've, I've sat through terrible decisions and botched games like for years and years. They finally did something good. I'm fucking out. But that's the point is like, like when it's your, your sports team, like you will, you know, people will stick through thick and thin with, you know, through that team, like horrible years, disastrous seasons. I'm like, that's my fucking team. And a lot of people have, taking that mindset over to politics where it's like, yeah, I'm fucking team red. I don't team, team blue. They're all assholes. Team red's great. And same, same thing. There's, I mean, the people on the, the far left in particular are just as crazy as the far right when it comes to that. And there, so there's no like objective thinking that comes into that. And then on top of that, the Republican party is great at marketing and they're great at encouraging that. Um, and that, that is one thing that is a big difference in the, in the two parties, like more or less the whole Republican party, they're, they're all kind of on the same bandwagon. They're like, this is what we're doing. This is our, these are our talking points. Like this is, uh, these are the problems. This is why the other side's terrible. This is why they're great. And there's, there's, um, it, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, a team that's, it's all pulling in the same direction. Maybe it's, who, who's the team that cheated their way to the, the uh, world series? Was that the Houston Astros? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so like two, three years ago, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe the Republican Party is the Houston Astros, but they're all they're all pulling towards the same direction. It's like easy for their like their their you know super Republican fans to get on board, and they're like, "This is the, this is what we're doing." Okay, let's do it. Democrats not so much. Like the Democrats try to be very inclusive. They call it like a you know a, a big tent platform where it's like, yeah, you could be more middle of the road you could be super liberal like they you know we want a place for all everybody but their their platform is a little, little bit all over the place and then de- democrats are also just absolutely terrible at messaging and marketing like the things that they name just just down to what they name things is terrible like if the Re- republicans could come in and just be like no, no no this name instead of calling it pro-life call it pro-freedom instead of calling it defund the police call it I don't know, support the police, something like that. Like that's, that's, this is like little stuff makes a difference. You know, the same way, uh, you know, if you're marketing uh, the Lakers, like you don't want to, you don't want to have a message where fans hear it and they're like, wait, what? Like, who are we, who are we rooting against? Who's our rival? We don't get it. Yeah. But sometimes Um, it was polarizing, even though, even though the Dems have been used, like you say, using shitty marketing uh, tactics, um, it still creates a polarization, whether they're good or bad at it. This still creates this. It helps to create a divide. Yes. Well, and that's the thing is the the, the Republicans. They they've realized that 
if everyone who was inclined to vote Republican voted Republican and everyone who was inclined to vote Democrat voted Democrat, the Republicans would never win. They can't. There's just so many more people. So their thing is like we, we want to have a divide. We want to have disinterested uh, dis, um, voters but and we want to turn out, you know, I'm just making these numbers up, but it's like if if we turn out 80% of our people and they only turn out 50% of theirs, we can still win, even though we have way pl- less people who would vote for us. That's kind of the tactic they've taken, and they, they do it very well. And then uh, on top of that, they use some some Houston Astro. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't literally know what the Houston Astros did. I, I I care even less about baseball than I do about the NFL. Okay, New England Patriots. New England Patriots. The the Flake Gate, and then the coaches were recording the uh, other teams' practices and that kind of deal. Patriots were. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Patriots soup. That's actually probably a better one. Like like uh, Mitch McConnell is the Bill Belichick of politics, Uh where it's like uh, he's kind of winning, but fuck, like what's he doing? I mean, we we talked about some of the, the. uh, voter suppression tactics that the Republicans use as well. The one that still blows my mind a little bit is, is gerrymandering. That was the one where I was like, "You fuck." That's just that's just Bill Belichick tactics, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said there was three things, and you went over the first yes. two. Well, this is the one where I'm like, I'm most concerned about because I I share a lot of this too. It's like people are sick of the bullshit that we've seen from our politics. Like we've got. I, I, you know, I'm not like super pro Democrat because you have s- people in their late 70s and early 80s leading the party. I'm like, you are the same assholes that created all the, these problems. Like, all this happened on your watch, and now somehow you're going to be the ones to fix it. And it's just exhausting. There's just been this like, decades now of stuff not really getting done and this like back and forth infighting and you know the the again again this is where i say is it equivalent no i you know were the republicans worse when it comes to all this certainly like they they made it their mission just to not let uh democrats pass any legislation for like more than a decade but the fucking democrats are culpable in that too and Everyone was so sick of the bullshit. They were like, we're going to try Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is so bad that there's this guy whose main claim to fame is that he's a a game show host with a really bad comb over and like orange spray tan skin who loves to talk about how he's the greatest person and the smartest person in the world. And only knows like four different adjectives. I got a better. And we're gonna one for make you. him president because fuck it. Like I, I the rest better, of this isn't working. I got working. a better one for you. <clears throat> yeah. Although it's not as much as impact in the United States, it's more impact locally. But who do you think just got elected to like city council in Huntington Beach? Well, I, I mean, I know. Should I just answer? Yes, yes. The Huntington Beach bad boy, <laughs> Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz. Now, why I think that's. Hilarious is like if you if you've ever watched when Tito was fighting like his promotional pre-fight whatever speeches or whatever, you know the guy's not very intelligent. No, <laughs> you, you know the guy's like no, a, no. Even like pre-head trauma, he he was a couple IQ points away from Forrest Gump. Let's be honest. And and it's just funny to me that that he wins 
again, although it's not going to have as big of an impact uh, nationally, so, you know, who the fuck cares? Unless you live in Huntington Beach, chances are it's not going to really affect you. But it's still funny to think that people's, people like that, you know, you, you knock on Trump, whatever. He's an idiot. To me, he's just another corporate guy, right? To, to me, he's just another corporate shill. They exist. They're going to continue to exist. Um, but guys like Trump, guys like uh, Tito Ortiz. Well, <laughs> guys- Trump, Trump, Trump is a whole different animal than than what you usually see. But that's um, that's neither here nor there. I understand what you're saying. Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor yeah, of California? California. The fucking governor of like Jesse- what is California? It's like the, it's like the fifth largest economy in the world. Jesse the Body and, and, Ventura was uh, was uh, like a governor for mayor or something yeah, in uh, Minnesota. No governor. Of, uh, yeah, it sounds right. But that's the thing. It's like California is like a global player, right. and we're like, it's like, huh? We're gonna we're gonna the, the we're gonna take the guy who made Jingle All the Way, and um, oh, what was the one where he had a baby? Twins? No, 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 no. Uh, junior? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're going to take that guy and we're going to make him governor of the whole state. To be fair, it seems like he, he did not do nearly as bad of a job as uh, you would have expected. Right. Like, it sounds like he, he's, like, actually kind of a smart guy and he was at least trying. But um, so it's just the popularity. It's still con- crazy. I mean, it really, it really what it boils down to is politics have become, unfortunately, it's always been that way, but... It's a popularity contest, and all politicians politicians are good about, you know, uh, backpedaling on things that they promise that they say that they're gonna do, because they want to. They they they're they're all, they're all uh, you know they're all whatever whatever direction the current is going, they're gonna go in that current. They don't really like very few of them have like a, a like a they don't stand, they don't take a firm stand for, um. You know their platforms or whatever. They're they're willing to sway. They're willing to be bent. Um, well, and that's and that's one of the things that uh, ha- has always annoyed me about the, the Democratic Party in particular is I always feel like there's this sort of um, you know it's when you like lick your finger and stick it up to see which way the wind's blowing. Right. You know, there, there's a lot of like, ooh, like what what do people want? Well, maybe we'll say this thing and then. Okay, that didn't really work. We're gonna, tr- you know, it, a lot of parsing, and yeah. we'll say it in a way so if then I we don't end up doing it, then we can say, oh no, 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 we never meant that. And it's like my my big thing is get a candidate who's gonna connect with voters and really believes what they're talking about, and then is gonna go out there and try to do it. And if that doesn't work, then you need to get a different candidate. But th- these these uh, I feel like still they're they're trying to push people forward like they're casting a shitty Hollywood movie like oh this person has a good look and I kind of like yeah. their backstory and and it's like dude just get someone out there good who believes what they're doing and there are there are people like that out there in politics they're emerging now I think more than anything because of how bad things have gotten and people are like oh fuck like we can't just sit back and let someone else deal with it because that was what we've been doing and it did not work um, so to all, for all the people who voted for Trump in the in the first election, I I can completely understand it. Like I was disappointed, but if if someone who is this like genius billionaire 
who had so much money that they weren't going to be swayed by outside interests. They didn't care anything like that. They were going to bring this like innovative new thinking. They're going to really hire all the best people. They're going to try some outside the box methods and actually get things done in Washington. I'm like, yeah, I would vote for that person too. Um, that is not who Donald Trump is. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if he's actually a billionaire. You know why we don't know? Cause he still has never released his taxes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, let's. I mean, optimistically, maybe there are people are out there. It's, it's just, it's been a long time since we've had, um, in 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 our era, like a president that like didn't have some shade or didn't have some dirt or didn't, you know, when when no one's looking, they're doing something they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and the difference, I mean, is that. <laughs> Donald Trump isn't even like that covert about it. And he's like, it's not even that he just was doing it before that there were skeletons in his like closet that came up from the past. It's like, no, no, things that he, he was doing and then continued to do um, all the way through his presidency were, were kind of mind blowing where, you know, he's, he was just had a consistent pattern of using the office of the presidency so his family could make money because they, they weren't making a lot uh, he, he had all, all these golf courses that they poured a ton of money into, and they those golf courses were just losing money hand over fist. So, you know, he takes the, all these golf trips, and then he takes the Secret Service with him, and he takes an entourage, and he always goes to his own golf courses, which means that I can't remember the number, but it's like there's been like $3 million of taxpayer money that have just been funneled into his golf courses. Yeah, well, all, um, all of them do it. All of them do it. A lot, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of. No, them. nobody. That's the, that's what I'm well, saying. I mean, nobody. The, the bushes and no. the bushes and Halliburton. I mean, there's there's a history of a lot of people doing it. Yeah, not the stuff that he's done. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, I don't, well, I don't, I don't see a difference. So, 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 so to to support what you're saying, there there is a consistent pattern, particularly in like Congress and the Senate, of people going into political office and then coming out of it with more money. I think a lot of that happens. Um, and that's actually just something that, that, that came up right now. Uh, the, the, there's definitely insider trading that goes on um, there. And that's spotlighted right now. Cause there, I don't know if you're, you're aware there, there are two Senate seats still left to be decided both in Georgia. Um, and if uh, the Democrats win both seats, which is like super unlikely. I'd say it's like, I don't know, one out of a thousand that happens. Then they actually will have the deciding vote in the Senate. Uh, but but the, the the two Republican Congress, uh, I think Congress people, Congressman and Congresswoman who are trying to defend their seats, both of them, when all the stuff first was coming out about COVID. They were like, it's same Republican party line. It's not a big deal. Like we don't have to do anything. It's going to be fine. It's just going to go away. Like all that stuff, just echoing president Trump. But on the sly, they got the freaking briefings that none of us saw early. And they're like, Oh, this is going to be really bad. Like let's, let's dump some of our stocks and like move things around. And like, they just, it was just like not even sneaky way of doing it. It was just like the most blatant case of insider trading, like textbook so those, where they, they, they just took the briefings that they did and, you know, dumped a bunch of stocks. They're like, Oh, well, cruise ships are not going to do well. Let's let's, let's short so the those, cruise ship stocks. So those, like, in, yeah. so those incumbents are, you're saying that they're going to win again, 
even though that this stuff's all come out? Probably. That sucks. I, I would be surprised. I, maybe one of them loses, but I don't think both of them. That's crazy. Um, well, and that's that's one of the things. It's it's not that blatant usually, but not all. A lot of politicians do that, and and just not to. I mean, I can't remember what it was, but there was like Diane Feinstein, who's like four hundred and eighty years old and is a. a a politician in California. She's a Democrat. She did something similar. Again, it just wasn't as blatant or easily easily provable. Where you could just at least say, "Oh, this was unconnected to how, to COVID." How do we fix? How do we fix our country? Like, how do? Not, I'm, I'm saying, like, our government. How do we fix our government so it doesn't become as flawed as it has been? How do we fix politics and government? Like, what do we do? Do we? Do we? As a country, do we say fuck it? Let's let's start benchmarking ourselves what we do well, and then looking at what other countries are doing well, and then just say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna bite the bullet. We're gonna we're gonna copy, you know, uh, the EU in this. We're gonna copy, you know, this country does this well. This country does that well. Are we gonna like? Well, so so are you asking like in a perfect world what would we, what would we do, or are you asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's two very different questions. Like we could talk about going to uh, a, a parliamentary system, um, which it's a lot harder to get stuck in that system. Because because basically what happens like in in England, you you they've got multiple parties. They don't have just a two party system. Once once one party uh, gets control, they they end up uh, being able to appoint a prime minister. And there's just a lot less of this like sort of deadlock where it's just like. Democrats want this thing and the Republicans got want this and they're not going to budge and you just sit there. Um, here's the thing. I, I think that would be uh, better in some respects. Then you also have the same problem of if you get a, a party that's a, a little bit more out there and they've got control and they can actually do things, then you, they might just, you know, like like there's a whole Brexit thing where uh, England – or the UK is like fuck it, we're leaving the EU, and everyone's like, no, don't we don't want to do this? So there's that was that was sort of what the founding fathers were trying to guard against was a party getting in control and just doing fuck all and ruining the country. Um, can I can I actually give you two things that are a lot simpler and would be fairly easy to enact? Sure. Where it's like just just two little things. The first thing, and kill all the white there's men. There's art. No, I mean that would that that's an idea. Um, you probably don't want to say that as loudly and vocally, though. You gotta, you gotta, don't don't post that in message boards. The 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 Trump the Trump uh, um, secret police will come find you. Probably. Does he have secret police? He probably does. Well, he's got he's got to have the Secret Service. That's I mean he's still president. Oh, you're talking about like like does he have like the SS? Like does he have does he have <laughs> yeah does he have like Gestapo yet? He look you you joke, but he's been. Pretty consistently working his way through the fascist checklist, um, and and again he does it in his own super unique Trump Trump sort of flavor. But when you look at like what is fascism, like oh yeah, okay, he's okay. actually doing all Let, this let's, stuff. Let's stay on topic because I, you, you like to rip on him for like a little too long. But let, we're, uh, yeah, fi- for the fi- stuff that he does right. and his actions. Fixing, that's all. Okay, fixing the two things you said. So so so, so two things. First thing, rank choice voting. Rank choice. So, what is that? Rank choice for so there's already two states that do that. Uh, Maine does it and Nebraska does it. So basically, the way rank choice voting works, and this would be applied to 
primary contest for president, this would be applied to Senate races, this would be applied to the presidency, is you, you don't just ha- select one candidate. You select, you rank your candidates. So you'd, you'd say, um, you know, if, if, if say, say the, the UFC uh, 100, actually, this, let, me, let me pull it up. I want to see. Oh, no. I want to see who the people are. This is, this is just hypothetical. Say, say the uh, the UFC 170 pound weight class is all running for president, and you're like, you're like. So it's a it's oh. a weighted vote. It's kind of like a weighted vote. Like it's 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 not it's not weighted. So I was trying to make this more entertaining. I should have just explain what it is. So so I I'd say like my my first wait here I go I got Walter weight up. I'd be like <laughs> okay my first my first choice for president is uh, Stephen Thompson. He seems like a good wholesome all American boy. Uh, he's got a good heart. He's a little 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 maybe a little bit of a religious zealot. That's gonna that's gonna be fine. I'm gonna let that go. My second choice is Damian Maya. Okay, I guess he can't actually be president of the United States because he's Brazilian. You get the idea. And then you just you rank in order who you want. Okay. And then if if your first choice doesn't get fifty percent of the vote, or or uh, then it just goes to your second choice or in your third choice until, and it basically just pairs down until one candidate actually gets the majority of the vote. Um, so that would give, so for like, for me, I would probably, I, I would have voted for Obama, but I would not have voted for Joe Biden in this election if we had ranked choice voting, but he would have been on my ranking list above Donald Trump. So when my other candidates did not get enough support, so, it would have defaulted to so Biden, probably, so I wouldn't. That would probably fix the voting system, or it would it would help the voting it, it, system. So, a, a couple of things would happen with that. The first thing, it, it would it would break this two party system a little bit because a lot of I think the Democrats in particular would be shocked to see how little support they actually have because uh-huh. I think there there are tens, if not yeah, probably tens of millions of people like myself who are. Who are you know, practical. I'm, I'm, I'm a pragmatist where I'm like, I, I, I could vote for a third party candidate, but that vote is just worthless. Right. I'm going to apply it to something more useful. Um, and then the other part where that would be really huge is in the, uh, the primaries. Because here's the thing. You know, Donald Trump is president. He's never gotten 50 percent of the vote, either in the Republican primary or in the presidential race. So. He, so, because what happened in the Republican primary is you had all these sort of like moderate Republican candidates that were all kind of kind of lame, right. like little, like not except for Ted Cruz, maybe like like not 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 Satan himself, but like <laughs> Satan had like a he, he had like a like a, a a drunken night with like a goat in a barn one night, and then it the goat like popped out Ted Cruz and. Wow, that's that's being a little bit hyperbolic. Yo, Ted Cruz I, again. He was somebody who had to read his backstory. When I was reading things about him, I was creeped the fuck out. I was like, the 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 one detail. This is the one I remember. Is um, he was he was a uh, like a clerk for. He's the guy I'm that sure, yeah, is he been, the guy that like picked his nose or he had like a booger and he like flicked it or something like. <laughs> maybe, maybe he he's he's a a senator from Texas. And he, he was clerking for, for, for a judge. And one of the things he had to do was, was write up um, 
like uh, he had to like write up cases, like summarize cases. And in Texas, they, you know, they, they will execute people. And one of the things people were remarking on is like, usually when you're, when you're writing up uh, a description of an execution, it's like very just cut and dry. It's like, this was the method of the execution. This was the time of death. Like, that's it. And like Ted Cruz would go into like really, really descriptive detail about like what the corpse looked like. And there was like, like blood coming out of it. And everyone was like, what the fuck's wrong with this dude? (laughs) That that was just that's just one example. There were many examples like that where I'm like, oh, this is a consistent pattern. Like this guy was like, uh, I should either become a serial killer or go into politics. Maybe both. I'm not sure. We're going to start with politics and see where that goes. Um, but I digress. Ted Cruz aside, who, who is a to me a horrifying human being. Um, th- th- you had all these sort of moderate Republican candidates and they just completely split up the vote. So. If if all the, the if if all of them but one had dropped out, they would have actually got the nominee, not Trump. I think he only had like thir- high thirties or low forty percent of the vote in the primary, and then all these other candidates were splitting it up. But since they don't do ranked choice voting, Trump got the nomination because none of them they were all like stubborn dickheads and they wouldn't drop out. And then again, um, you know, in, in the, the presidential contest, not that I was a. a huge fan of, of Hillary Clinton or anything close to it, but the, the, the margins were so close in that election. And then you had a lot of people who just didn't like Hillary and voted for, you know, the green party or uh, like libertarian candidates. And again, if it was ranked choice voting, you, Donald Trump, it's very, very unlikely he would have won the presidential election either. Hmm. So this is, this isn't <clears throat> just a, a how can we not get Trump like elected? Like I, I would like to be able to cast my vote for the presidential candidate that I want to. Right. And you just can't, you can't do that in the system. I'm like, I was like, all right, I guess fucking I, I'm going to, we're going to vote for Joe Biden. Cause he, yeah. Is he a 70 year old man who's been in politics forever? And I have really low expectations for it? Yes. But I did not believe that it was, uh, equivalent. I didn't think that it's like, well, why, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, they're the, basically the same guy. Why, why don't we have ranked choice voting in place now? Like, why don't we, why doesn't it exist? I mean, why, it's it's a theory or it's a concept, so, but it doesn't happen. Well, so, so again, it does exist. It exists in Maine and Nebraska have ranked choice okay. voting. So it's, it's a thing state, that's out there. Why, so, that, so those two states, but why, does it, why don't the rest of the 48 states adopt it? And why doesn't the federal government adopt that for bigger things my, my my guess is because if you did that it would dramatically decrease the power of the democratic and republican parties and they don't want that like again you've got you've got these old politicians who their main they're they're they really are looking at this all like it's a game and they're like how do we hold on to power right. and that would be that would be something that's actually fairly easy to do. I don't think you'd even have to make a constitutional amendment or anything like that. It would just be easy to put in effect, but it would like really decrease the power of the Democratic and Republican Party. And, and when you've got two a two party system, and both parties don't want their power decreased, like it's hard to get that through. Yeah, that's one. Okay. Second thing would be to get rid of the filibuster. Filibuster is fucking stupid. Okay. Um, so 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 basically, 
the, the filibuster uh, is, is something you see in the Senate a Sounds lot. Sounds like the name of a rocket. The filibuster? Yeah. Like I'm sending my filibuster the, to go the, blow up North Korea. The Elon Musk and the SpaceX filibuster. There you go. That's what it sounds like. They said that man would never set foot on Mars. That was until the filibuster. Powered by Elon Musk. So with the this this is a real thing. Like this is still blows my mind that this can happen. Um, when there's legislation that a, a one of the parties does not want to to get through in the Senate, there's a rule that as long as as it's, I'm, I'm, this is a very uh, simplified version, but it's basically like when somebody takes the podium, they just don't have to give it right. up, and everyone has to just sit there. So they can they can they can take the you know the podium. A single senator can sit there for like twelve hours and just review, refuse to yield, and basically just clog, clog up the system. And the things that they talk about, I, again, this is a Ted Cruz thing, I believe. He, he famously uh, filibustered during a government shutdown, and he fucking read Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> like, this is a real thing. Like, a U.S. senator in front of the Senate was reading Dr. Seuss to, because, because he wanted the government to shut down and, and stop working. That was a thing that happened. Let me, let me I'm going to, hey, hey young, young Jamie, a.k.a. me right now, pull that up. Green eggs and have uh, that shit. So, the, so I want to make sure. I wanna, I'm, oh yes, yes, it, you're correct. It was, it was green eggs yes. and ham. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just searched Ted Cruz, Dr. Seuss, and there he is. Ted, Ted Cruz reads green eggs and ham on the Senate floor. Yes, I'm psyched. In protest, sorry, sorry, it wasn't against a, a government shutdown. In protest against Obamacare, <sighs> he he was like. This law will give tens of millions of more people the option of getting health care. This is terrible, so I will read you a children's book to not let you vote on this. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> Politicians, dude, they're, oh fucking, they're fucking assholes. I mean, a lot of them. Most of them. A majority of them. I'm sorry. I, I'm just not as optimistic as you are with, uh, with politicians. Wait, I, I th- what do you mean as optimistic as I am? I think I'm extremely pessimistic. Well, you, I mean, you're you're saying that there are like people coming up, rising through the ranks in the political system now that might make a difference. I don't, I don't know, man. I think those people are very few and far between. And 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 I think that even if they, I think if they are as good as advertised and they they mean well and they mean to provide promote uh, positive change. I think the likelihood of them getting support is very slim. I think what ends up happening is the guys that get support are the ones that are just kind of a little crooked because they could they could they could bow down to somebody or some way. So again, the people, the the people that are most likely to want to get in it to make a change are on the local level, um, and I think there's a lot of people like that. And the, the, the tricky part is, particularly in the Democratic Party, Democratic voters, uh, voters don't pay a lot of attention to local elections. And the, th- the thing is, it's like when you get really good people in on the local level, and that's where your vote matters the absolute most. Like, it really is like you and like, you know, 
20, 20 other people you know vote and that could swing an election. You 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 know your your ten bucks that you donate to a local candidate is way way more valuable than than ten bucks to you know presidential candidate where their budget is hundreds of millions and this local candidate might be tens of thousands. Um, the thing is, those people then rise through the ranks and I get, and. Yeah, do do some of them uh, fall prey prey to shenanigans and fuckery? Probably, but again, I think you get a lot of people who who won't. And the people that I am the most interested in, and this is again, this goes back to um, this whole idea I think that people had of Trump of like, oh, like he's already sort of made you know his money. Like he doesn't he doesn't need pol- you know politics to sustain himself. He's just trying to. I I, th- I I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's what they believe. There are there are people who are actually like that. I mean, they're not uh, self glorifying, maybe billionaires, but you know, like like um, th- there are people who've done well for themselves in the private sector, and they're like, oh, it, none of this matters because the country's going to shit. I want to get in and actually help. Like finding those people and and supporting them could go a long, long way because that's how. Senators are born. Senators will come from, you know, from congressmen or people who are at the local level and, and you know, we're in the, the you know, state representative. And it's it's literally when people talk about grassroots politics, that's what they mean. Uh, and Democrats haven't really paid attention to that for a long time. They get all riled up when there's a presidential election and do fuck all for the other three years when it comes to actually elevating good people. But... That's that's again where I think you can make a big difference is when you identify one person like that, um, and you get them you get them elected. It, it gives them a voice. It gives them a platform, and you know you have no idea how big of a difference that can make. And just to just this this is this is a little bit of a, a hot button uh, politician, but. Regardless of what you think of her, whether you think she what she's doing is good or bad or what have you, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a freshman congresswoman, and she's already had such a huge, profound impact on the Democratic Party. And she, she co-authored the Green New Deal, like the, the framework for what every politician in the Democratic Party is talking about to combat climate change was co-authored by a fra- you know a how old is she? Like she, she late twenties, early thirties, but a young, uh, fresh, fresh woman, I guess, politician. Like, and that was just one, one person made that big of an impact. It's like, so if, if AOC is not your cup of tea, that that's fine. Find somebody who is help them get elected. And then, um, you know, hopefully they can, they can make the, the sort of impact that you want. And we're not stuck, you know, in, in a situation in, in however many years, you know, in four years, in 12 years, in 16 years, where our options are like two old men in various stages of mental decline. What um, do you think any do you think any of those changes like those impactful change the way we do uh, politics and government changes are going to happen under Biden's watch? So just a few weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. Um, right. Like, like, why would you think that, you know, why would we think there'd be the, any real impactful changes under him? He's been, uh, in politics for like 40 years. I mean, so much of the shit, the shit that 
we're complaining about now, you know, he was someone putting forward. And there's that whole, like, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Like, particularly uh, one that seems to be... I was trying to think of, a, of an amusing metaphor. I'm, I'm not real on today, but... Um, no, I would have I, I would have said I would have said no. I, I would have said, look, he's just going to try to go back to what the Obama administration was doing. Like maybe there were some loose ends he wants to tie up from that, and then he's just going to like peace out after four years. Um, but I was extru- there. There were a couple things that he's done now where I was like, wait, like I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, one of the reasons where I just I just didn't like Joe Biden as a as a candidate in the primaries was his approach to climate change seemed extremely weak to me. Like he was saying, "Well, we're going to try to get things done by 2050, and it was going to be this like really slow, gradual change." And my view is like, "Dude, we don't fucking have time for this. Like, like this is a a real problem." Have you noticed all these tropical storms? Did you catch the fact that California has been on fire for the last two years? Did you like and I was surprised because that was his initial platform was this very sort of uh, lukewarm approach to climate change. Um, you know, p- piss warm, I think, is a better, <laughs> better consistency. Piss warm? Kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of yellow and runny. It smelled? Um, it definitely fucking post, stunk. Po- it was, it post was, asparagus it was, piss? Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, I think actually, yeah, post asparagus piss for sure. Um Leota Machida post asparagus oh, piss. Oh no! Where it's like, oh, because because yeah, here's the thing: we're gonna be end up the ones who have to fucking drink that shit. That's Gross. the problem. Um, I'm not sure where this this analogy was going, <laughs> but he, what, what one of the things I was really surprised about was he met with. Oh, I can't remember the name of the coalition. It's like the Sun Group or something like that. It was basically this 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 uh, coalition of like young, very very progressive, you know, thinking people about climate change who've been looking for like way more aggressive ways to, to deal with it. And they met with him and he, he took like a lot of their input and then just completely changed the whole climate change policy. And was like, okay, I think we do need to be more aggressive about it. I didn't expect that at all. I, I thought he was going to be an old man stuck in his ways. And the other thing, which I, I mentioned to you off air was apparently he had, you know, people looking for really, outside the box ways to help the economy and actually help, you know, individual people. Cause it was great that we got that $1,200 check, which I don't know about you. I, it took me until August to actually get the $1,200. And then, uh, I, I had a small business that could have really used one of those loans, but it went to like big hotel chains and like restaurant groups and things like that. And I, I got uh, zero of the small business loans, you motherfuckers. <laughs> um, and I guess I guess they were sort of like, okay, what can we actually do? Like, go as outside of the box as you can, but figure out a way to help individual people, not big fuck all companies. And I, I, apparently they found, I don't know if it's a loophole or, or what it is. I wasn't aware this was something you could even do. But they, they think that legally uh, Biden can cancel, I, th- I think they were saying between ten dollars and $50,000 of student debt through executive order. And I was like, holy shit, like that, that's real. Like if, and so it remains to be seen if he actually does that, but like, that would be huge. That would be like a real quick, tangible thing he could do. That would make a world of difference to so many people, you know, $50,000 of debt just gone. Like that would be great for those families, for those households. It would certainly give a huge boost to the economy. And 
you know, that it's, it's not like, okay, great. You, you, you do that and you're done. But I did not think that outside of the box thinking was something that the Biden administration would be capable of. I didn't think that was like one of their, their moves. It's like, it's like if you're playing a video game and I thought they they just knew how to like hit a, and, and, you know, if uh, it's like one of those like fighting street fighter games, I thought they could just like do like jab, 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 sweep the leg. And that was all they knew how to do. And all of a sudden he pulled out a, like a Hadouken. I'm like, wait, <laughs> Joe Biden, you know how to do Hadouken? What the fuck? What other, what other special moves do you have that I wasn't aware of? Cause you, uh-huh. just, you, you've just been button mashing the controller for the last 40 years. Where the fuck was this like before? Um, so that's, that's, I, I am still not optimistic, but I, I thought that there was like zero chance of anything like that coming from this, that administration. And then, uh, with those two moves in particular, there's other things that he's talking about where I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like you should do that, but this isn't anything special or outside of the box. But those, those things in particular gave me hope. And I, I'd heard rhetoric from from him saying, well, this has to be like an FDR type presidency. Like we really have to do some big stuff. Like we have to change the way we're doing things. And I was, I, I want, here's what know, I, I want. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant in Joe Biden language. And so this, I, so I have, I have, a, I have like, Three percent hope I, uh, now, instead of zero percent. I, I would like to see the government stop bailing corporations out. Like when they, when they, when they, you know, oh, it's going to impact the economy if we let this company or this company or that company fold or go under or whatever. Uh, you know, banks loaning money to people that probably shouldn't have gotten loans to begin with, and then oh, let's bail them out because it'll fuck the economy up if we don't. I want. I don't want my like like whatever amount of money that goes into my out of my check into into taxes. I don't want that money to be used to bail out these companies. Like fuck them. They they have executives that made shit stupid decisions that that you know put their that signed a seal of approval. That's what management does. That's what corporate executives do. They they sign something or they 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 say this is what I believe it gets my thumbs up. We're going in this direction company that I'm a CEO for. And then they make a stupid decision and it fucks the, you know, the economy up or whatever. I don't want those. I don't want those bailouts to continue to happen. I want, I want my taxpayer money to go towards like good shit. I want my money to go towards like, um, well, definitely not, not, not companies, not definitely not corporations. I want it to go towards like making, making schools nicer, um, or like maybe having like functional bridges and roads that would be cool. That'd be nice. That that's one. That's the infrastructure is always a good thing to improve on. Always, always good thing to improve on. There's tons of areas of uh, of our world. Um, well, the, the the other frustrating part is it's not like so if you're you're like an individual like you you're, you know it's like a, a family who's paying rent and they've got a small kid and if they run out of money. Like they're fucked. Like they can't buy food. If you know American Airlines uh, runs out of money, they can just declare bankruptcy, and these creditors are going to be like, "Okay, we're just going to give you more money, and you can keep going." It's yeah. not. It's not like if uh, a company goes flat broke, and that's just the end, and like we don't have airplanes anymore. Like they're going to still keep running. And the whole the whole thought was, "Oh no! Well, if if." Um, you know, these, these, this airline goes broke, then 
all the people that are employed through the airlines and everything, they're not going to have jobs and, and so forth and so on. It's it's the same sort of trickle down ec- economics theory that that started with with Reagan. But it's like just well, just to your point, just give the people the money to the people who right. actually need it. I think they I instead think, of the I company. What ends up happening in corporate America is the higher you climb in the corporate ranks, it it almost becomes like the least accountable you are for your mistakes. How many times? Yeah. How many times have like CEOs been caught doing some things that they shouldn't have, shady things that they shouldn't have been doing, and it's like they get they don't even get a, a, a slap on the wrist. You know, it's like here you go, you're gonna get put into you know, a house arrest for a year. Like, what the fuck? You're putting them in house arrest in their multi-million dollar mansion? Come on, dude. Really? It, it doesn't compare to, like, a dude that's selling $20 a weed and gets arrested and gets has to spend, like, a week in jail. Like, it doesn't... It's not the same. The other thing, this this, this whole line of thinking, I and mean, this has been around since the 80s, of, like, the, the trickle-down economics. What it means is you give... All the money to the people at the top, you know, the rich people, the big corporations, and then that money like filters down to everybody else. But like, first of all, just just when you hear the name trickle down economics, it, it like it, they're telling you right there in the name, like they're they're pissing yeah. on you. <laughs> I don't know why I made the Leo Machida joke. Maybe I'm I'm like too urine focused right now, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're you know you're you're giving them you know like the the. Uh, What's what's your your favorite like high classy drink? Uh, classy? Yeah, like really expensive. Like if you're gonna go top I shelf, I don't really drink top shelf. Okay, uh, Bombay Sapphire and tonic. Yep, you're you're giving the rich and powerful the Bombay Sapphire tonic. They're drinking it, and then then the little remains that comes out, they're just sprinkling on everyone's head. You know below what them. movie? I, I I think I've already recommended it to you off air or on air. I don't even remember. It's called The Platform. Watch it. Watch it. It's a good movie. It, okay. It's got a like a political subtext along the the lines of what we're talking about right now but it's also uh kind of a thriller suspense type of horror kind of weird play on that but but watch it the platform it's in spanish though the, i i will i will i'll check that out on espanol um muy bueno but uh we have 40 years of data now where it's like the the reason why rich people are rich is when they get a lot of money they just keep it yes so we keep giving a lot of money to these big corporations or, or you know, or, or billionaires or whatever with the idea of, that, oh, yeah, then they're going to stimulate the economy with it. And they're like, well, no, I'm just going to, like, hold on to it and get it richer. So I'm either going to just give it to my, share, you know, shareholders or I'm going to – they're not – it's not filtering down. It really – I like the Bombay Sapphire thing because it's like, yeah, this is what – this is this is the, you know, the high top shelf drink – that we're giving to them, and what we're getting is it being filtered through their uh, internal <laughs> organs, and then we're getting we're getting like the shit, at, you know, the piss remains of it. Um, so I'm I'm 100% on board with that. One of the one of the candidates that I, I did like, uh, who's still out there trying to do things, um, was he was actually advocating for for universal basic income. Is this a thing that you have heard of? Yes. Um, and his this was this was his thing. I and I, just to be clear, I, don't, I did not agree with everything this guy said. I actually think universal basic income would not solve what he's talking about. But I was like, I like the way this guy is trying to find like practical, like logical ways to solve problems he sees. Like he's not getting to this polarizing. Well, they're bad. They're bad. We're good. Join my team. Fuck their team. Like any of that. And his point was. 
we're going to see so many jobs in the U.S. go away because of automation, right? Like truck drivers uh, are, are going to be a thing of the past in like a decade or two because they've, they've already – I don't know if you know this. They already have self-driving yeah. trucks and they're not sophisticated enough where they'll drive through cities, but they'll drive like the really yeah, long – long-haul stuff. Um, haul parts of the route. Yeah, and then people will get, come and get them and drive them to the cities. But so like if truck drivers go, then – all these these small towns, you know, hotels, diners, all those things along truck routes, like those are going to evaporate. Um, you know, and and one of the other examples that, that he would talk about a lot is just like call centers. Like that's a huge, huge uh, industry. And again, pretty soon AI is going to be good enough where you're just going to be able to talk to it like it's a regular uh, person. I don't know, right? And all those I don't call- think call centers or AI will are, are <laughs> I think they both suck. Well, anyways, go ahead to your point. Go go to. Oh yeah, but I'm saying, like, AI is not good enough now. In in twenty years, like yeah, probably. Um, so his whole point is, is that you need to give people the flexibility to actually go into you know new industries and start small businesses and do all that. And it's like if you have no security at all, like you can't do that. Like you you know all of our our healthcare is tied to, to jobs. You know it's often shitty jobs. And, but his thing was like, if everyone had just a thousand dollars a month, um, that would be enough of a cushion where they could take that and invest it in, you know, education, or they could invest it in a small business, or w- what have you. And you know, if it was a truck driver and they just wanted to take that and bank it for the next fifteen years, so then they had a little bit of a cushion to make a transition. Um, you know, again, I don't think that fixes any of it. It's more like, well, here's a problem. We don't know how to fix it. So we're going to give you just enough resources where hopefully you can fix it for your, you know, on a personal individual level. But the thing that I liked is just like you're saying, like, instead of dumping all the money into some big kind of program, they're like, we're going to literally just give it back to people and let them. If I had an extra thousand dollars a month, I would. I would be I'd piece the fuck out of SoCal already. I I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be as stressed as I've been obviously anyone with an extra thousand dollars income um you know middle class and below would probably be grateful for it. I I would be able to afford rent somewhere maybe hopefully or at least the idea is I'd be able to afford rent somewhere out of state Flagstaff Arizona here I come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing Somebody else's bidding, I'd find I'd find something where I can enjoy doing and making an income off of that, and hopefully that will, you know. Well, I was even thinking about how that would affect because I mean this is a a Denver and and probably even more of a California problem, but it's it's something worldwide. It's like there's this huge homeless population, yeah, that's just just growing, and a lot of it's mental health problems, and those, but a lot of it's just people who are down on their luck, like. You know, one one thing went wrong in their life, and there just was no safety net for them. And it's like, all right, now they're on the streets. And I, I was again, I was thinking about it in terms of being, you know, contractor and the stuff that I do. I was like, wow, if people had a thousand dollars a month, you could see this whole new industry of micro apartments, um, where you know, just like just like a, a bare bones, you know, apartment where you could get a door and a bathroom and and like a small hop you know hot plate but where, where people would spend four hundred five hundred dollars a month on you know like a hundred and fifty square foot two hundred square foot basically like the dorms in uh in ball 
Yeah, I Johnson. mean, maybe maybe not that poor living conditions. I mean, come on, like these people are homeless; they're not animals. <laughs> I lived in Ball. That place kind of sucked. Uh, I, so many people um, that I remember because I had, I, I think I'm pretty sure the ballroom, the dorm room I had, had a had a sink like in the room so you can like brush your teeth and all yeah. that shit. I'm pretty sure a lot mm-hmm. of people like when they got lazy, they would just they would just yes. piss. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like I don't want to walk down the hall to go to the where the toilets are. I'm just gonna piss in my sink. I I wasn't one of those. My myself and my roommate, we weren't we weren't that nasty. We, yeah. But I'd heard stories. <laughs> That's one where I really feel like if we like at least basic healthcare was covered, like again, like most first world countries at this point. Um, like we're the anomaly as far as that goes. And people had a thousand dollars a month, like re- truly those people who, who were homeless. And it was, again, it was just shit just went sideways. They, they didn't have money. They didn't have a place to go and they ended up on the street. Like all those people could just pull themselves out of that, that whole, like pull yourselves up by your bootstraps thing. You need bootstraps to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, we're, maybe we're not giving them a full boot. Like a thousand dollars a month isn't isn't a uh, you know a, a, like a Louis Vuitton designer boot, but it's like at least here's a strap. Get pulling, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the hope, at least the hope that the hope that the money would be to actually help people. But you know, we'll see. Um, and, and just by the way, that that guy, he I have given more money to his. Uh, candidacy than, than I did to anyone else. And I did it knowing full well he had zero shot of ever becoming president. I was like, this is not going to happen. But he did well enough where he actually made it on the debate stage and he got that idea out there. And I was like, you know what? That was all That was all I was you yeah. know paying for. I, want, I, probably, I probably gave him like 200 bucks over the course of a few months. Good for you. Um... Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was dumb. Who knows? Yeah, I could have. I was like, I could, I could help this guy talk about UBI, or I could be halfway to a, a PlayStation Five. Well, well, I went to. The, I went the UBI. hope is at the okay, like you said, you didn't, you didn't. Um, he had no chance in hell of actually being a president. But at least the hope is that the ideas he was pressing forward will open up new doors or new windows or new ways of thinking for all these other asshole politicians who already have, um, I guess the right of way into politics. They've already got, they've got the political backing. They've got the financial backing. Maybe those ideas will seep into these guys' minds and actually make an impact that way. You know? Well, and, and this is, this is again, we're just looping back to, to Joe Biden I will be especially curious to see who Joe Biden appoints to his cabinet because that's going to say a lot. Like if if he actually does make some more outside the box cabinet appointments, that's going to signal, oh, he really is trying to do things different. If it's just, you know, the same old Washington people that he's worked with for the last yeah. 40 years, maybe not as much. And yeah, this guy I was talking about, his name is Andrew Yang. Um, he seems to think that he's got a... a Decent shot at becoming uh, part of the, the Biden cabinet, maybe specifically dealing with like social media and disinformation and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, that would be a huge step forward because, like I said, this is this is a, a rational, 
kind of cares charismatic. Like he's just like a guy where I'm like, dude, he'd be like fun to hang out with. I mean, that's not what I look for in my politicians, but he has he has he has a sense of humor about things. He's self-deprecating and he does look at things very logically. And I'm like, yeah, fucking if that guy ends up on the cabinet and and takes that approach, even if it's a, a small thing that's that's sort of afflicting this country, I mean like two hundred bucks well spent. That's how I look at these things. I don't know. I would just I would just like to have healthcare that doesn't suck. That's the hope and the dream. Speaking of healthcare, we we've been um it's not a tangent. It's it's still in line with what we're talking about. We didn't have an episode last week and then the week the one we did two weeks ago didn't come out to like Sunday or or yesterday, I forget when I put it up. We've been MIA for a while, but with good reason. Aaron, you wanna go into a little bit as to why we 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 didn't slack off for slacking off sake. It was like shit shit came up for you that kind of derailed our our weekly uh, routine. Shit came up. It came <laughs> out. It all kinds of. It was it was a very shit centric week. Um, so yeah, I mean we even we even talked about it because at at uh, around the point where we normally would have recorded, uh, I think I had. I had would have had like twelve hours of sleep for like uh-huh. the whole week, because um, yeah, I think I think for the entire week combined, I think I slept like nineteen hours last week. Because uh, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on, um, so I guess I guess we could just go through it sequentially. Uh, uh, I, I had I had a little, a little medical procedure. Um, I I have been having uh, some digestive problems. And I was finally like, okay, I have to see a doctor that specializes in the, in in tummy troubles, a, a, a gastroenterologist. And when I talked to her, we, had, we uh, it was via telemed. She was actually just kind of like this call where like you know we were on. It wasn't Zoom. It was whatever they used to through their office. And I kind of go through the symptoms and tell her what's happened. And I'm like, oh yeah, this has been going on for months. And she's like, well, congratulations, you earned yourself a colonoscopy. And she she really did put it like she like I felt good for a second. I'm like I earned myself a colonoscopy. Wow, like is there is there like a button or a ribbon or something that I get? Maybe like a like a bumper sticker that I can put on my my car. Like someone saying my kid is an honor student and my my car says I earned myself a colonoscopy. Huzzah! Um, and and you know I was trying to keep a positive outlook on it. She said that, and I was like, "Well, I've never had one of those before. You know, this is a chance for me to you know broaden my horizons, have new experiences, and uh, you know maybe grow as a person. And best case scenario, perhaps I find out I'm a special sort of masochist and I actually enjoy it. Um, which which you know spoiler alert that did not turn out to be the case. I, <laughs> you guys might have might have guessed that." But uh, so so last week was was my uh, colonoscopy, and I'm trying I'm trying to think what else notable happened. So they call they call to schedule it. I remember there there was a a um, very sort of tired, uh, depressed sounding woman who was was in charge of scheduling it. And she was asking the pre screening questions. The first question she asked was if I had a pacemaker. And she asked if I'd ever had a, a heart valve replaced. And she was asking all these like uh, heart-related uh, questions. And I, I kind of cut her off for a second. I was like, wait, how how deep does the... And she's like, wait, what? I was like, never mind, nothing. Sorry, I was, I was about to make a really bad joke. And then there's this like long pause. And she just started like 
busting up laughing, like deep belly laughing, like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that wasn't even a good joke. Like that was a little window into how bad her, her life is. If she, if I got a deep belly laugh on a, uh, a, a colonoscopy related joke, but I felt, I felt good. I was like, man, if I ever start a career in comedy, I just want people who have to schedule colonoscopies in the audience. Cause like, this is easy pickings, but, um, so anyhow, we, we, we got it scheduled. I was supposed to have it on Tuesday of last week. And what, what I discovered, and I guess, I guess, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about personal experiences, yeah. Armando, but for, I was just going to say, what I, what I found out was the worst part of it is not the procedure itself necessarily. It's the day before. Yeah. It's so, so I think, I don't remember if it was 24, I think it's 24 or maybe it was 48 and I imagined it was 20, uh, 48, but like you have to, or the way we did it, you have to order this kit. The doctor sends you this, you know, this thing that says, Hey, you got to order this kit online and they deliver it to you within 24 hours, whatever. And they make you drink this stuff this powdery stuff and laxatives and and it gives you like step-by-step instructions like you know like eight hours before no like or like uh within six hours of waking up drink this and then eight hours later drink this and then eight hours drink this again and blah 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 it, it gives you like step-by-step details of what you're supposed to eat and not eat for the whole day before and essentially you're like the idea is it, what you're what you're doing. It's called a clear liquid diet. Yes. So it's it's not even that there's no like solid food. Like obviously you're not eating steak, but you you have to eat things that are literally see through and liquid. Yeah. So, they, they even they even tell you don't don't eat any uh, like uh, red foods. Like like they tell you can eat Jello, but don't eat red Jello. Like they tell you. Well, you know, that's, that's because of the, the the dye actually the camera can't see what's going right. on because that dye interferes with the camera. So yeah, you're um, basically but, eating. But yeah, even even like a, like a butternut squash soup, like you can't eat that because there's there's little particles. It has to be see through and clear, yeah. so the little camera that's going up your butthole can get a nice clear view of what's going on in there. Yeah. So so when I I, I had to have mine because I was having some really bad stomach shit like for i don't know a couple years back and uh finally i saw a gastroenterologist guy and he told me to do this because they 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 first actually they did a um an x-ray of my like i guess abdomen and upper stomach area or whatever because they didn't know exactly what was going on with me so they did something. They did like, an X-ray, or not an X-ray, but like a sonogram or one of those. Okay, that makes more okay, sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, X-rays. That's that's a it's bones. Okay, um, sonogram, whatever. I my fuck. So unless you're eating like chicken bones, like whole, no. you're just swallowing them down. With a baby in there. No. Yeah, there, and there's like there's just like a little pile of bones trying to dissolve in your stomach, and they're like, well, that's that's your problem. You need to you eat the Armando, you eat the meat off the bone. You don't then eat the bone too. <laughs> Uh, you crazy savage! So during that that uh, sonogram thing, they the 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 what is the technician or the doctor discovered that I had like a ginormous uh, gallstone and an enlarged uh, gall. Wait, bladder? No, no, no. A large um, phallus. <laughs> I don't know if they, if they did a. If they did the sonogram from that part of the region, maybe I don't know. Uh, no, it was um, the tract. Um, 
the gall not gall tract ball intestinal tract no 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 there's like a there's like um basically the part that connects the the uh Anyway, I'm forgetting the fucking terminology. I've got the medical paperwork. It's been a couple of years. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. Okay. But basically, I have an enlarged something in there, like this enlarged. I'll just call it plumbing. It's, it's larger than. <laughs> I, I have that problem too. That's and uh, every, every, every time I have to do a, a physical exam with my oh, primary. Bile lips, duct. They say, wow. A, a bile duct. Bile duct. Enlarged bile duct. Is what I have. Oh, that's not that's not what I've got. I've got different <laughs> and large. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, but yeah, I got. I had it. So anyway, they they did the sonogram. They found that out, and then the guy doctor said, "Oh, you know what? We might actually see some polyps, or we might actually think you have some polyps, since um, I do have a. Uh, my grandfather had. I don't know if it was liver cancer or some kind of colorectal cancer, some some form of of cancer down there." So, so the doctor I saw was like, you know yeah. what? I think we we may have. Did- it would have been colon cancer, sure, probably. Sure. Uh, doctor was like, we we think um, we see some polyps or something like that. We might have to do a colonoscopy. So I had to do that crazy diet thing for the the day, so- and I'm like, peeing, or I, my butt is peeing yellow, <laughs> and or clear. Well, okay. So so apparently that's a really important thing. So so first of all, for me it was extremely uh, difficult to do the clear diet because I had been on a liquid diet at that point, I think for three and a half weeks. Um, Cause I got to the point where I'm like, like my whole digestive system is so fucked. I, I'm going to just stop eating solid foods until I have this appointment. Cause like, I don't want my like intestines to, to explode. I don't want to be walking through, a, you know, uh, uh, the street and all of a sudden, I, I turn into like a you know, like like have you ever seen those shows where they've got um like uh, uh, suicide bombers and they have the 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 bombs like strapped around yeah. their, their waist and they open up the jacket and they just explode yeah it would be like that but just with like like um, pho and like uh, like pudding and like shit it would just be explode out I think and people would get covered in it that was my fear the- I didn't want that to happen I don't know if it's medically possible but that's what I was I was worried would happen. The visual that comes to mind. Have you ever seen the movie uh, um, Big Trouble in Little China? Many years ago. <laughs> there's this one, like there's like these three, there's like these three villains. They're like the they're like the um, the enforcers of the main villain, um, but they're essentially like semi gods, and one of them has the ability to like inflate his body. And there's this scene towards the end of the movie where like he inflates his body all the way big like a balloon and just blows up. Like he's just that's what that's what I think of when you talk about like not wanting to overeat and just liquids and you got Thank you. I pre- I appreciate it. The the big China or big sorry, big trouble in little China reference was a lot more I think accessible to most people than a suicide bomber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's a lot. It's yeah. That's different that's a audience. lot more culturally relevant. Different, uh, yeah, different, no. different audience. No, I mean, yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I'm thanking you. I was, that's what I was searching for. If I had, if I could have recalled that scene, I would have been like, "Bam, that's it. Perfect." Stay, um, stay puff marshmallow. But, but anyhow, with that type of diet, like it's really hard to get enough calories. And then, so then when I started doing the the clear liquid diet, where it's like you look at the 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 calorie uh, caloric content of the food, it's like. 10 calories. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be extra hard. So I, I was struggling that first day, um, but I make I make it through and 
you know, I have my procedure at like eight in the morning, whatever it is. And I show up and they're, they're all very, very worried you have know, COVID. You have to stand outside until like they bring you in. No one can go in with you. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't, I don't need friends and family, uh, you know, observing the colonoscopy. That's, that's not, it's not like a, a shared family memory. Like we want to, you know, five Christmases from now. No, do you remember when they stuck that camera up your ass? That was, I was there watching like, no. So I was, I was fine going in alone, but the, uh, the, I don't know if she was a physician's assistant or a nurse. Like she brings me back. She's like, well, do you need to go to the bathroom? I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. Cause the, the procedure they had me on was a little bit different. They had me take a bunch of laxatives midday and then I had to get up at two in the morning and take a bunch more laxatives. So, I, you know, I was still, it was sort of still clearing up my system a little bit. And so, like, I go to the bathroom and then she brings me back to, like, their, their prep area. And the first question she asked me, it was, okay, so what, what color, uh, you know, is, your, is your, your, your feces? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, and she goes, exactly what she said. She's like, well, no, it's really important that we know what color it is because it's going to tell us whether you're completely cleared out or not. And if you're not cleared out, then we wouldn't be able to do the colonoscopy. I'm like, okay, but I don't, I'm, col- I'm colorblind, so I, d- I don't know what color it is. And then she just keeps trying to explain it more. Like, no, you see, because if there's particles, then the camera won't be I'm like, I, lady, I don't know what I'm trying to explain to you. I cannot see that part of the color spectrum. It could be red. It could be brown. It could be green. Maybe maybe an orange. I don't know what color it is. And then she just like keeps like circling back to asking, you really have to tell me what color it is. And I was like, I'm like, if you ask me one more time what color it is, I'm going to smack you in the face. Like <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't eaten. I've been up all night uh, shitting from these laxatives. I don't know what color it is. I can tell you definitively it was not blue or purple. And I think that was when, like, I don't even think she understood. She was like, okay, I'm going to go get the doctor. And and the doctor comes back and says to me, it's like, okay, so basically what you said, she's like, it's supposed to be like pee. Like, don't worry about what color. Was it was it like pee? I'm like, uh, almost, but not quite. Like, if I peed out from my... from. <laughs> <laughs> from from what, what was coming out of my butt, I would have been highly concerned. And she's like, okay, I don't, I think you have to do another day of prep. Like we don't want to put you under and then not be able to do it. Like I, I'm not comfortable doing it. You're going to have to do a second day of prepping. I'm like, I, I barely made it through the last day. Like did I, did I mention earlier that I've lost like almost 20 pounds? Like you, I'm doing another day of prep. Okay. All right. Like somehow we're going to get through this. Um, Real, real quick pro tip for uh, <laughs> anyone that has to do a colonoscopy. Apparently, bone broth is a, on the AOK side of the, the spectrum of things that you can you can eat, which I only found out after the fact, uh, and, and which definitely helped. I mean, bone broth it's just it, you 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 drink it and you feel like at least there's like some sort of uh, content going in your stomach instead of like gelatin, it's just salty and water, like, uh, Gatorade. Yeah, but there's a lot more calories in sure. it. Sure. And, and which, which again, that was, that was the important part. So anyhow, so they put me on an even stronger, uh, uh, kit of like, and it was the kit that you were describing sounded a lot more similar to what I did the second day. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy part is like, as, as soon as I left, the next time I go to the bathroom, it was just like, like pee basically. I'm like, God damn it. I probably could have done it, <laughs> but I go through, I go through it a whole second day. Um, and, you know, now, and now I'm exhausted. And it was the same thing. I had to get up at, I think, 1.30 in the morning that time because my appointment was even earlier. 
Um, so like I hadn't, I hadn't slept for two, for two nights and I go back, you know, I go back at, I think it was like 6.45 in the morning on Wednesday. And um, I, 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 I was so avid. I can't even remember what they were asking me. I know they asked me what color it was. I'm like, I don't know what color it was. It was like pee. And they're like, okay, we understood what that meant. <laughs> Good enough. Um, oh, oh, no. And I'd even taken a picture. <laughs> I was like, you want, you want to see what color it is? Like, Here, here's there a picture. There it is, motherfucker. You tell, you tell me what color the, it was. Um, and again, I, I'm super tired at this point, but I remember in that conversation, she was telling me after the fact that um, I could take Miralax. Again, this was like a nurse or a physician's assistant. And, and, and I said, you know, I was saying, well, I'm a little bit worried about that because, you know, I, I don't want to get dehydrated. And she's like, well, no, no, you can get dehydrated from the prep, but Miralax doesn't dehydrate you. And I'm like, yes, it does. I mean, cause just, just to, just to be clear, like what, what Miralax does is it will draw extra water into your intestines to then help hopefully like flush things out. And, and then I swear to God, this came out of this woman's mouth. She looks me dead in the eye and says, oh, no, Miralax isn't a laxative. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. She, she's, like, she's like, yeah, Miralax isn't a laxative. And I'm like, you're telling me that Miralax, Miralax is not a laxative. And she's like, no, because it works different than other laxatives. And then I, I sort of, this is again, I'm like, why, why am I'm having this conversation with a medical professional, but I feel like the roles are reversed. And I was like, well, no, it's not a stimulative laxative. Like a lot of laxatives like X-lax, they, they work by actually stimulating your intestines where it, like your intestines are working overtime to force everything through. And that's why a lot of people get cramps with those types because it's like, it feels like you're intestines are getting wrung out and we're like, but it's an osmotive laxative, meaning that it draws water in and no way in the world did I say it this clearly and concisely because I hadn't slept for two days. Um, but like, I just remember like, I'm like, fuck. So, okay. We had this thing yesterday where they didn't understand the concept of colorblindness. And now this per, this medical professional just told me that Miralax isn't a laxative. Like, did I make a mistake coming to this clinic? Yeah. Like, am I going to wake up in like in a back alley? Like what's, what's happening? Um, so I just remember them, you know, they're, they're, they're hooking the IV cause, cause that's, that's part of the reason why uh, colonoscopies day of usually aren't that bad is because they just put you yeah. out. They hook you up to an IV. They give you some sleepy time drugs. They're like right near your veins. You fall asleep, you wake up, it's over. And I remember, uh, you know, they were making jokes. They're like, all right, you're getting ready to go nighty night. Cause like, I'm like, I'm on the table. You lie on your side. They've, they're, they're hooking, hooking up, uh, for, for, for the, uh, anesthesia. And I'm, I'm thinking like, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever gone into a medical procedure. Like I've had knee surgery, I've had hip surgery. I've been, you know, I've been put out before. Like I, I feel so uncomfortable right now. Like this is insane, and then I'm, and then I'm like trying to calm myself down. Like you don't want to uncomfortable wanna... because because of uh, you're uncomfortable with the 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 um, I guess the intellect of these people that are supposed to be professionals, or uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I'm gonna have my beehole looked at. Like what 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 the the first the first one. Like like I said this before. It's like you know what, 
colonoscopies happen. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's that's not anything we aspire to. You're not like a five year old, like like daddy. Tell me about the time you got a colonoscopy. When when am I going to be big enough to get my own colonoscopy? Yeah. But you know, you remember that? You remember in uh, Forrest Gump, there's that bumper sticker shit happens. Uh huh. Well, that's in adult life. Colonoscopies happen. That's, like that's, it is what it we're is. We're gonna make that a it, bumper sticker, dude. Um, Jenner's Clubhouse. Yeah. Colonoscopies happen. Colonoscopies happen. <laughs> that's that's one that I think is going to be a, a real big seller. I think I think we're sitting on a on a a, a brown gold mine, if you will. Yeah. Um, but so no, I wasn't worried about that. I'm just like, I'm gonna let these fucking morons like put me asleep and then poke around in my intestines because they were also doing an I think it's an endoscopy where they were going down my throat and looking around in my stomach I'm like oh so you had both of them I I, I was I, yeah from both ends I was, I was a Chinese finger trap oh shit um, I, 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 <laughs> I don't, probably not simultaneously yeah. but um, so so yeah I was like and I was like trying to calm myself down because I'm like you don't you, hopefully they didn't use the same camera uh, or if they did it, if they did, at least hopefully they did the endoscopy first. Right. Yeah, I know. Jesus, that would suck. Because I, I, I can tell you, I didn't wake up with like an odd taste in my mouth. That would, <laughs> that have been especially disturbing. Um, but something not so great did happen when I woke Uh-oh. up. Um, so, so apparently like all that negative energy that I had right before they put me out still continued along when they woke me up. The difference was, you know, when it was coming out of anesthesia, I was super groggy. Like, my eyes weren't really opening, and I didn't remember where I was or what was happening. Um, but I had all that, like, like negative, like, angry energy, and I just felt somebody, like, grabbing my arm. Like, because I guess they were trying to, like, turn me over or something, but they grabbed it really roughly. And I just had, like, the initial instinct of, like, to just get wrist control Cause I just fucking someone's grabbing me. I don't like this, so I get wrist control, and they're like, "Stop, stop, let us move you." And then somebody else grabbed me, and then again asleep, I just I just hauled off and punched them. As hard as I oh, could. you did? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so, so the first, I guess it was nurse. I just slugged her um, hard enough where I, I mean, it wasn't like I, I was lying down in a bed, still coming out of being heavily sedated. So it probably wasn't the hardest punch, but I, I, uh, I did break the skin on my, uh, on the knuckle on my right hand. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was, that was a joke. I sent that, uh, that meme to, to, uh, one of the chat groups where I was like, I was like, man, like nurses were worried about catching COVID. They should have been worried about catching these hands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Post. Um, and yeah, and then the other ones were grabbing me, and I was like fighting with them. And then I start to like when my eyes open, I was like, oh, oh fuck, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were attacking me. I didn't know where it was. Jesus. <laughs> so, wow. um, I, I was like, I don't know if I don't know if uh, I'm gonna be welcome back at this place. So hopefully they got whatever they need. Dang, <laughs> like, that's crazy. I, I if if when I came to, I remember just like. Like serene, it it felt like the best sleep. Let's put it this way: my stomach stuff was fucking me up so bad that I hadn't had like good sleep in a long time, like probably like a week or two mm-hmm. prior. Being out with those sedatives they gave me to put me out for my colonoscopy, like that was like the what, for like twenty minutes, twenty forty, I don't know however long I was out. Yeah, was like the best rest I'd, I've had had in like two weeks. Like I woke up feeling like a fucking like a butterfly. Like I f- I felt so good afterwards. Well, that makes sense because. Probably in part, what happened with you is you've got all these these 
muscles in your stomach and they were probably just tight and straining that whole time. And when they put you out, everything got a chance to just relax and chill for the first time yeah. in like probably weeks. Um, uh, so, so anyhow, that, that, that was the, 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 uh, sort of climax of, of, of that part of the week. Um, you know, and I know I got some re re like initial results. They took a lot of things to, to biopsy. The only thing that I, I remembered was that there was blood in the, uh, in, in my stomach, like in the lining of my stomach, oh, which just meant, oh, not like not a lot. It just, just enough for it was like, yeah, I, so I have stomach irritation, like no shit. Yeah. Like if your stomach gets irritated, you're going to end up getting some blood in, in like the mucus lining. That's not so normal to, story, to have that sort of your, Moral of the story is if you're going to put anything up Aaron's butt, be prepared to get punched out unless he gives you permission. No, that's not <laughs> the moral of the story. The moral of the story is like if you work at, at a uh, an office that deals with laxatives and your digestive tract and you work for a gastroenterologist, you need to fucking know what a laxative yeah, is. that's true. That should, that should be like – you have to have like a, a minimum, a base level of knowledge about what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, I've 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 been under for like way more invasive procedures and and same thing that you were talking about where you wake up and you just feel relaxed and serene like I had knee surgery like knee surgery was super painful but when I woke up woke up I was just like chilled out I remember um they, they thought it was hilarious because I I I didn't know how out of it you were gonna be after a knee surgery um, so I brought a book to read and it was it was fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> and they're all laughing at me because I'm in the recovery room post knee surgery trying to read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is hilarious in of itself. And then the funnier part was I, I was stuck on the same page. <laughs> I would I would read like like a page or sometimes even a paragraph and then I would forget what I just read <laughs> and I try to go back and read it again. And I'm just I was just happy as a clam reading the same page of a book for like an hour. Um and that that was a completely different experience than again when I got like just just Spanish Inquisition like grilled about what color my stool was when I had, had kept telling them I was colorblind and then this bitch didn't know what a laxative was. I was I was not comfortable. I had some angry, upset feelings, and then I uh, apparently carried those over. Yeah, I, I I that's another one of those like peeves I have is like the. Uh... The, I, I hate I don't like going to doctors for anything like if I'm sick or whatever I'm like fuck I'll just tough it out but when I got when I'm gonna go to a, see a professional like I want to know that they know what the fuck they're doing I don't want to feel like I know at least if not more than the people I'm talking to that's that's a shitty that's a shitty feeling because I had the same I had similar experiences to people I talked to like like uh like there was the doctor and then there was like the um the doctor's assistant or some shit that I had to deal with the majority of the time. And she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about, dude. I like, I knew, I felt like I knew, like you said, at least as much, if not more, and this is her job. It's like, come on, you get paid to do this. Um, so that was shitty. <laughs> that was a uh, shitty week with for, for sure. Um, you also had some other family and, things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, so that was Tuesday. Um, I'm sorry, that was Wednesday because I was supposed to have it Tuesday. So I didn't sleep Monday night, didn't sleep Tuesday night. Or sorry, I didn't sleep Monday night. I didn't sleep Tuesday night. Uh, I had the procedure on Wednesday. Um, and then 
I was definitely disappointed because I was like, fuck it. I don't even care. Like, I'm going to actually eat solid food for the first time. And then they tell you, oh, you probably should take it yeah. easy. Like, you just <clears> had a like, little camera poking around up there. Just chill out. Whatever. So I did I did get uh, – I got some sleep Wednesday night. Like, when I see some, probably about six hours. So um, – because I don't know about you, I still didn't feel great like after the colonoscopy. It wasn't real; it wasn't painful or anything like that. But you know, your your stomach has, has gotten turned upside yeah. down even a little bit more for me. So like, I wasn't; I didn't get a great night's sleep. Um, well, at least got some. I was like, okay, I can maybe catch up on on sleep. I'll I'll, I'll get through this. Which which uh, which <laughs> brought 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 us to Thursday night, which which was sort of the the uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it the climax. It was like. Uh, if if this was a if this was a horror movie, um, this would be the part where like the killer just goes on their full full blown killing spree, uh, and I and I, I I bring up the horror movie analogy because if you recall, what what was the date at uh, at one one a.m. or one thirty a.m. Thursday night slash Friday morning. Friday. Do you remember what date that was? It was Friday was? the 13th. <laughs> it was Friday the 13th, 2020. And I'd see, I've seen, you know, memes for weeks about that, like how crazy Friday the 13th was going to be. I'm like, haha, yeah, stupid memes. Little did I know. Um, you know, I think at that point I was like half asleep. I was still having some, some stomach troubles. I was trying to fall asleep. Uh, and I was almost out. And where I hear this like loud thud from somewhere in the house. And I was, I was like, huh? What the fuck is that? I, I don't know, you know. And I'm trying to fall back asleep, and then I kind of hear this like commotion, rustling, um, and it goes on for a couple of minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, let me get up and see what's going on. Like, maybe there's a home intruder. Maybe there's, you know, who knows? And you know, still, still uh, bleary eyed, sort of, sort of trying to wake up. I walk out into the hallway, and you know, I, I go out of my little suite area of the house. And then I see my, my parents' bedroom door wide open, and I, I go into to the bathroom there, and there's just my, my mom lying face down in a, in a pool of her own blood. And, like, that will like, wake yeah. you up real fucking yeah. fast. Friday the 13th, you get waking up by some crazy noise, and you see your parent on the floor with blood. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? And then my my dad's kind of he he gets a little panicky during stuff like that, uh, where it's just like, dude, just you gotta take a deep breath and stop freaking everybody out uh, around you. And he was sort of like 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 frantic, like he didn't really know seem to know what to do. Um, and I but I managed to gather from him that somehow she'd fallen and then she, you know she'd hit her head and. And so, like, first, like, I, I had not done a lot of the, the first aid emergency training for quite a while, but at least I did have some training. And look, so first thing I'm trying to figure out, okay, is there an open head, head wound? Do we need to stop the bleeding? Uh, and she was still bleeding a little bit. So it's like, okay, let's get a cloth and try to get some pressure on that. Um, and then the second thing is like, okay, let's do at least what I remember, the, the concussion protocol, um, just, to, just to get their cognitive state. And I was going to ask who the president of the United States is. That's usually one of the first <laughs> questions. And I was like, that might be confusing just in of itself. So let's not ask that one. And then I was going to ask what the date was, uh, which because I'm like, it's Friday the 13th. She should know that. So I asked the date and, and she remembered it. I asked her what day of the week it was. She knew that. 
I'm like, okay, like she's doesn't hasn't had like a really bad concussion. Maybe maybe uh, just like a little flash concussion, but she's still really disoriented. And she was just like, I just want to get back up and go into bed. And it's like, well, you're you're bleeding out of the head right now. Like that's not the best idea. And she's like, oh, I want I just want a pillow. And I was I said, okay, we'll get a pillow and like let's put it on the ground here. And then my dad was like, no, no, let's get her back into bed, which um, sometimes, particularly when you're a little bit disoriented, at least for me, there is a tendency to defer to your parents. Um, Like when you have to remember like, oh, yeah, I'm an adult, too. Oh, yeah, I know a lot more about this stuff than than my dad probably does. Like I should take point. But, you know, he like I said, he he, he said it pretty authoritatively. And I was like, oh, okay. so, you know, I helped my mom up and she's trying to walk back to her bed and like he, he kind of like goes around in front of her where it's so like I can't I can't get to, to the front of her. So I'm, I'm behind her just trying to guide her. And then, of course, she steps and then just falls forward again, like right to where he is. And he kind of does that. Uh, Ole! I'm trying to think from like, well, yeah, or yeah, or from like a cartoon where like. Like the the person will like put their arms out to catch someone and then it, go, it goes straight through the arms. Like that's what it looked like. And like so she falls, like she, she again knocks into a dresser, like knocks the glass off. There's like broken glass everywhere. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Um, and at that point, I'm just like, just just get out of the way. That was that was my cue for, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna be I've I've elevated myself into a charge of the situation. Right. Uh we're not we're not gonna listen to to uh, to, to dad input right now. And so I get, I get her, I help her back into, you know, into bed. Like I'm just under her arm, like probably one of us should have been from the, from the get go. I'm still kicking that from my, you know, myself. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have even moved her, but, uh, and then at that point he, he's sort of saying like, well, do you think we should take her to the hospital? And she's like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital. I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't care. I'm yeah, calling yeah. the paramedics right yeah, now. And you don't like, have a choice. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you don't have a choice. We're going to do this. And <laughs> I mean, that was one where I again at that point I, I went full like I'm I'm running the show here, and they didn't even argue. I mean, it, it would have been funny if my mom was like, "You're no, you're not." I was like, "Well, you can't walk, so try to stop." Me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna throw you over my shoulder and carry you to the fucking car. Um, well, no, I call. I just called an ambulance. Oh, okay, I wasn't even. I, I wanted to get somebody there right away before, because again, like. Um, she, she hit her heart. Her, well, twice. Her, she hit her, her, her. Well, the, the second time she broke her fall a little bit, like a little bit with her face, a little bit with Still her hand. Sucks. But, but it wasn't. But that that first time, I and mean, there was there was a good amount of blood on the floor, and she she hit her head hard enough where it split the back of her head open. Like I don't know about you, like I've bumped my head really hard in things through work, through sports. I've never hit my head hard enough where it just opened up a huge gash in the back. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't want to like move her. And then she's got some sort of like, like, uh, uh, aneurysm or there's like, there's like a bleed in her brain and like she gets shifted around wrong. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I don't know. I, the, the thing that I've learned about those emergency situations is like, you want to stay very calm, like almost move slower than you feel like you need to. Um, and you, you do the things that you know have to be done immediately. And then as quick as you can, you get somebody who's going to know what to do, to do 
for all situations. And that's, and that's like usually gets bumped up the chain. Like the paramedics aren't going to know everything. They're going to do all the stuff that they need to do to get her to a doctor. And then that, that doctor might not know everything and they're going to get her to another doctor. But it's like your job is to get through that process as quickly as you can with as little panic as possible. So I'm like, okay, I've done it. I've done everything I know to do. Uh, fucked up some of it already. Let's get people here immediately. And, and it might even just be, if she's still really out of it, they, their job might just be getting her down the stairs because this was on the second story of a house. So we call the paramedics up, uh, or I call, I call 911, and um, I'm talking to them. L luckily, we live four minutes away from like a really good hospital. <clears throat> so they, they, they got here super quick. Um, like they were, they were pulling up while I was still on the phone with the guy and, and you know, the 911 operator. And uh, he, he said, okay, you know, I can see that they're there. I'm going to let you go. You can go, you know, go open the front door for them. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, okay, great. And the craziest part for me, I, I don't know if it was because, you know, I hadn't eaten very much that week. I'd only slept, you know, again, I think I'd slept, this is Thursday night slash Friday morning. And I'd slept six hours the entire week, uh, whatever. As soon as I hung up the phone with the 911 operator and I start to go downstairs, I get really, really dizzy myself. Just yeah. like, the whole freaking room spinning and I'm trying to get down the stairs and I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh great. Like if I fall down the stairs <laughs> and knock myself out, it's just going to be like my dad here. Like, like he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> like we're all going to like, like this is going to like our whole family is going to die tonight. Uh, in, in, in just full 2020 Friday the 13th form. And, so like I managed to like get down there without like killing myself and I'm trying to talk to the, the, the paramedics and tell them what happened. And, and like the whole world is just like spinning, like things are coming in and out of focus. I'm trying to explain them like, uh, she fell, she's got a head conclusion did the concussion protocol. Uh, she knew the date and day of the week. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to move her. She fell a second time when she tried to get into bed, uh, I, I don't feel good. I feel really dizzy. Like, and I was just like, so there were five of them, which was crazy. So like two of them go upstairs. The other three were, I don't know what they were doing. And I'm just sitting out, outside. It's like 30 degrees. I'm like just in like shorts and a t-shirt. I'm just trying to get fresh air. Um, and they're like, are you cold? I'm like, I am absolutely freezing. Do you guys smell a gas leak in the house? Like I, <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm so dizzy right now. I don't know where it came from. Um, but so anyhow, they, they check her out. They, they were worried about a, uh, like, you know, a, 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 a brain bleed and potentially, potentially like a fractured ankle. Um, and she's, is just absolutely refusing to go to the hospital with the paramedics, but they say, okay, do you, if, if your, your son or your husband takes you, will, will you go? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. You know, that's Okay. Um, so the crazy part, the absolute craziest part of this whole thing to me from a, a, a macro standpoint is like I said, we're four minutes away from a very good hospital and it is a little bit more on the outskirts of, it's not even in Denver proper, it's in Lakewood and it's, it's just in a less population dense area, but they do not take my parents' insurance. So we have to drive, instead of going four minutes, we have to drive like 25 minutes to the absolute busiest hospital in the whole city in downtown. Um, 
and uh, we, we, were, we were there for, for six Jesus. hours. Um, how, how long like, did they uh, like take her in? Like, did they take her in right away or did you have to wait before they took her in? No, we were there. So we got there at like 2.30 in the morning, okay. maybe. And I don't, I don't think we got back to a room for about two hours. I mean, it, it was it was tough. Like my perception of time yeah. was really fuzzy because I, I I ended up going. My so my dad my dad drove because he's like, I think I think uh, it makes sense. Like I was um, super dizzy just moments before. Yeah. Um, oh, but by the way, I <laughs> this is a little little bit little bit of TMI. I, I'd been super dizzy, and part of the reason I was having trouble falling asleep is because I still after after having the. Uh, the, the colonoscopy, I hadn't been able to have another bowel movement. <laughs> and like, I've been trying to go all day. I was even taking Miralax and nothing was happening. And uh, when I, after I got super dizzy and I'm sitting outside with, with the paramedics, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, oh something's <laughs> happening. And then just, just had an absolute bowel clearing nice. shit. And I was like, I think that's the first time the phrase that scared the shit out of me literally applied. Um, and I remember telling my mom that and she's like, oh, I guess I could, you know, if I could just fall like a couple times a week, then you can okay. I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to really be the route that we need to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, fortunately the waiting room wasn't that crowded, but they were absolutely packed, like kind of behind, like all the rooms were filled up. So yeah, we were there a couple hours. Uh, my, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as out of it as my mom. I was the one who went in. My dad drove us. He was, he's, he's waiting outside. Um, but like, I'm trying to just keep her awake and talking. Cause, cause again, I, I didn't think that there was a bad concussion, but anytime there's head trauma, it's a little dicey if you let somebody fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she, she was still really out of it to the point where, um, she'd been like leaning her head, like on her shoulder. And then she was trying to lean, lean her head against the wall. And then when she moves her head from the wall, there's just this giant, like blood uh-huh. smear on the wall. Cause she's still bleeding out in, from her head a little bit. And I was like, oh. All right, I'll probably let somebody know to get yeah, that. Yeah. And then with all that with like with the COVID bullshit going on, I imagine that there's a that they have like their own COVID protocols for accepting people like that, like an emergency situation too. They did not. They didn't. Um no, and that was one of the things that again I was like, Oh god, I wish we hadn't gone to this hospital. It they they didn't have a special area for COVID people in the in the in the ER. It was COVID non-COVID, it was all in the wow. same area. And they didn't have a special staff dedicated to COVID. So it's like somebody might go deal with a COVID patient, you know, like a, a one of the nurses or something, and then they would go deal with a non-COVID patient. It was just... The, That's crazy. Yeah, that was a little alarming. I mean, luckily, I still have a few of like the medical grade N95 masks from contracting work. So that's definitely a lot better. But um, that was... That was concerning for sure. And uh, we were we were in the waiting room for two hours and then we were in, in a private room, I think for like another two hours before the doctor finally showed up and things got moving. Um, and it was like right when the doctor came and he was like, okay, we got to get a uh, an x-ray for the ankle. We're going to get a CT scan of the head. And, and like once that all happened, like all of a sudden, like everything just hit me where... Uh, I, I, I realized how tired I was and like suddenly like I was trying to just not pass out on the spot. <laughs> um, 
you know, I've, I've had this feeling once before in my life where it feels like, like, uh, gravity was just like on a dial and someone was like, okay, gravity's a four. We're just going to twist yeah. this dial and bump it up to like about a seven. I was like, holy shit. Um, and yeah, and she didn't, she, the whole, the CT scan came up fine. Uh, she did have a fractured ankle. Um, and so, so, so right now she's on a, a knee walker where it's like, it's like a little scooter where you can like put your yeah. knee on it. Uh, and then you, and keep your ankle off and you can kind of like scoot around, which not the most practical in a two story house, but you know, we're making do. Um, but yeah, fortunately, fortunately our, our whole family did not perish that night of Friday the 13th. The 2020 curse came for us, and we're we're still standing, just barely, maybe a little bit hobbled. But uh, so that was that was the point where yeah, I realized like oh fuck, I, I probably need to catch up on some sleep because I've slept six hours for the entire week, and it was Friday morning. So so, so uh, all those things going on um, in Aaron's uh, home life were, you know, for sure. He he's like I think I think he texted me like on a Wednesday or Thursday like hey I got to colonoscopy thing um let's postpone it i'm like dude health first and then obviously his mom thing happened on friday so all that stuff's the reason why we didn't have an episode last week apologies but you know what fuck you guys anyways we're we're gonna we're number one you guys are number two sorry yeah i would i would actually i would like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody (laughs) sorry so shout shout out to prime conor mcgregor fans Uh, right there um Nobody, no one listening to this would actually get that reference, but that was that was for that, you, Mondo. Uh, now, now, you got hopefully, it. we'll be back on a regularly programmed schedule. You know, once a week, we'll try to get the episodes up by you know Thursdays or Fridays or who who knows. We'll get them up when we get them up. Um, we are still looking for um to kind of uh to to kind of uh throw back to our last episode that we released. Well, we're still looking for like an online. Dungeons and Dragons virtual <laughs> group. If anyone's still <laughs> doing that, um, you know, hit us up. We're 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 nerds lurking, learning the learning the ropes or trying to learn the ropes. So get us involved. There's a fight this weekend, man. Are you gonna watch it, Shevchenko? We were talking about uh, how you um, we were we were having a little discussion before we started recording as to which of the two Shevchenko sisters we find more attractive. And Aaron was leaning more towards Antonina, who's who's fighting. Oh, I'm not even leaning. It's just yeah. like just clear and definitive. I, I, I think she is attractive as well. Um, but but uh-huh. if I had to cho- choose from the two, I chose Valentina. And Aaron was ripping on how she's a little more. Uh, would you say butch? A little more. She's not butch. I'm just was pointing out that she's slightly more masculine. You said than something. You said something about her having an Adam's apple or something, and I was like, oh, stop. No, no, I, she does not have an Adam's apple. She's clearly female. I just said that she has a much more chiseled jawline than Armando does. And and then I was like, and for him, maybe if she did have an Adam's apple, that would completely uh, finish the look that uh, he's going no. for. No, you know what? I, I have always liked, um, uh, what's the terminology? I guess like a, like a Valkyrie, like, you know, like a, like a strong like a physically strong woman. Not, a, not a, I'm not saying she's got to be buffed or ripped. I'm just saying like you, you you want a woman who can take you in her arms and and rock you to sleep like hey, a small child. There's here's for trying. I mean, no, I I like soft I like softer girls too. I just um I don't mind the girls that are like like uh like She-Ra, like, you know, 
They can take care of their own business. Who 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 is She-Ra? You don't know who She-Ra is? Do you remember He-Man? No, I. Okay, so He-Man was the cartoon of the '80s, geared towards little boys. There's a character in it called Uh She-Ra that was a spin-off of the He-Man, but it was more geared towards little girls and like empowering little girls and, yeah. Yeah. By the way, He-Man in retrospect was like like just super gay vibes. I mean, no problem with that, but there 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 was um, God, I don't remember what what that was. If it was uh like a Cartoon Network thing, or maybe it was Funny or Die, just pointing out where... There is. Uh, He-Man, He-Man's costume in particular does does look like something that you would see uh, at a Halloween party at like a, a, you know, a, a gay bar or West Hollywood. Yeah, that's a West Hollywood Halloween party. I think He-Man would be the perfect costume. So, yeah. Um- Wait, hold... Hold on, I have to see how is Shira spelled. I have to I see this. I remember. I think it's just. This, I think it's uh, just she R A, like she S H E dash R A, maybe. That's my guess. Oh, she dash. Okay, let's see. She Ra. Okay, I'm looking. I don't know if this is this is this is Netflix She Ra. Val- Valentina Shevchenko is significantly more muscled, uh, <laughs> and and stocky than this cartoon character. Who is supposed to be a probably probably a little bit uh, augmented and and over the top powerful? Like usually, like great comic book characters are like uh, unrealistically muscled, yeah. and Valentina Shevchenko makes this this Shira character look like a twig. Yeah, I don't know, man. So anyway, yeah, they're, she's fighting or they're fighting this weekend. Um, Davison Fair. Let me let me let me put it this way. I think when like those two uh, were, you know, the Shevchenko sisters were doing their character creation, um, uh, Antonina put like the points that that sh- probably should have gone to like speed and strength and fighting skill, and she's like, "Let me put these in like attractiveness." Okay. And and Valentina was like, "No, I must break them. I put them all in strength and speed and head spinning head kicks." Yeah. So okay, probably. I wonder. I don't. I don't know their whole backstory. I don't. Do, do they have the same both parents or? I don't. I, I don't know. So so, uh, Valentina looks like much more like a traditional Russian. She's got blonde hair. She's a little bit stockier. Um, and Antonina is like like Peruvian. She's like taller, yeah. like dark hair, kind of different features. So I, I I don't know their. their I wonder whole if they share the same family dad tree. or same mom or I don't know. Or maybe they're both parents are the same, but just one came out like in twins. You know, like one came out looking one way and I, one came out looking the other way. If if I had to guess, it's um, they share the same mother, uh, and and then Valentina was like mostly created in a lab, <laughs> and then the mom just uh, bore her in the womb. She's she's clearly some sort of like Russian scientist experiment that came to fruition, like you know. Um, Actually, wow! I think I think we've just come up with a, a pretty good new new show. I, I think we can get Netflix to pick this what? up. <laughs> the, the 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 Russian sleeper uh, super agent who becomes a, a professional fighter. Hey, so I got to tell you then, Antonina is fighting Ariana Lipsky, who's another one of those cutie weight girls that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's a cutie weight matchup. It's a cutie weight matchup. Okay. Uh. Two different questions, okay? If this was a cutie weight, like looks, 
rankings matchup who wins number one but but oh, hold on but okay. wait but number two because it's an actual fight who wins the fight uh-huh sure uh so kiddie i mean lipsky it's not even close like okay I, I I have no problem with either one of them. I think they're both very good looking, but like Lipsky could like probably be a model. Like yeah. She's like model yeah, good yeah. looking. Um, and both of them have struggled in terms of their, their actual uh, fighting ability. Bo- both in the of UFC. Them. L- in Lipsky, the UFC. Because outside the UFC, yeah. Ariane Lipsky looked pretty badass. Like I saw a lot of Lipsky fights pre-UFC and she looked really like a killer. So, so the thing about Lipsky, Lipsky actually is a, a for, for the women's division, she's a pretty good athlete. Um, she's got some explosiveness. She has some power. Uh, Shevchenko, uh, Antonina Shevchenko, just not a particularly good athlete. Yeah. Um, and the problem with Lipsky was like she suddenly, yeah, when she was fighting against women whose technique was not that great and weren't that great athletes, she looked phenomenal because a lot of her uh, – Technique problems got hidden, and she was just busting up these women, like knocking them out, uh, which is, I guess, how she got the, the nickname "Violence yeah. Queen." Um, and then she gets to UFC, and it's like she was still a better athlete than I think most of the people she was losing to, but the gap closed a little bit, and then all of a sudden, her technical problems got yeah. exposed, and she, she was also she was a little bit in that uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, mold where she was like coming out the gate really fast and then tying herself out because she again she was like yeah I can just knock yeah. these girls out it's like oh no I she's can't she's also do that. So, married to a, a, a an eyebrowless ugly looking guy god damn it how'd you score Ariane Lipsky she's too hot for you okay wow. so okay so um, so the fight the fight so goes to you, you should you should you should you should not look at that as a goddamn you. you should look at that as a as a well first of all I can I can explain how that happened but um. You should look at that as as a bastion of inspiration. I feel like, wow, this this cave troll ended up with Arnie Lipsky. There, there's hope. There's hope for there's hope yeah. for me and Irene still. I guess. Um, yeah, I get. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make that happen. I don't know if I, you know. I, 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 if you're the horse, I'm gonna lead you to to the plentiful water trough that is uh, Arnie Aldana, and then you know it's up to you to to actually. Drink I, I don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but. So I've been I've been uh-huh. jogging every other day. I've been going three miles, three and a half miles every other day. And nice. one of these excursions, maybe it was just because I was kind of tired and I had sweat in my eyes or whatever. On my way back from my run, I was still jogging on my way back from my run. Um, I ran into a girl whose who's, who's facial, not quite body type, but whose face looked a little bit like Irene Aldana. I was like, holy shit, what? But it wasn't. She was okay. she was jogging or going for a walk. She's like walking her dog or going for a jog or something. Sorry for that tangent. I just like maybe maybe Irene was on my mind and this girl looked a little bit too too much alike her, and like I immediately wanted to go kiss her, but I didn't. Um, back on back on ten uh, on on topic. So looks wise, you you got. We I think we both got Ariane Ariane Lipsky. I mean, I'm just object- objectively, she, she's she's better looking. And then in terms of fight wise, um, I, I I would I would have to guess that uh, it's also going to be Lipsky. It'll be a little bit interesting because uh, I, I would say technique wise, Shevchenko's uh, Antonia Shevchenko is probably a little bit better, um, and she's just been getting matched with people who want, want to grapple with her. Yeah. 
And she's just, she's just like, she's a terrible grappler. Like, I don't know what she was doing the whole time that, uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, Valentina was learning wrestling and, and jujitsu, but like she was off doing her own thing. Maybe she's getting her pilot's license or, or what have you. Um, but she doesn't have the strength that, that Valentina does. And she just doesn't have the grappling awareness. So like she just gets bodied by grapplers, just taken down and controlled. And that's, that's happened to her, uh, in both of her, her, her losses. Lipsky, I think, has zero interest in taking no. to the ground. So it's like maybe maybe she can get a little bit uh, something going. But what I've learned in um, in women's fighting in particular, just being athletic and aggressive can go a really, really long way to hiding flaws in technique. I mean, people were convinced that Ronda Rousey was like right. the greatest yeah. fighter of all time when mostly what she was she – was, leaning on was being super aggressive and having good, but not like phenomenal athletic ability and really like a very small, but polished skill set that wasn't even particularly applicable, applicable. We got Mm -hmm. there. We did it applicable to, uh, to MMA. And it's like, she was super dominant. Uh, So another, I say Lipsky. Same Z's. Another fight that you're going to that you're gonna probably be looking at, and I'm gonna be looking at too. Uh, the oh. the the feature fight on the prelims, Brandon Babyface Assassin Moreno against Brandon Royval, your your former jujitsu uh, instructor, sort nah. of semi instructor. Uh, well, no, he's not semi, like literal instructor. Okay, um, all right, but so I'm gonna instructor. I'm probably going to stop after the Antonina Shevchenko fight. That's, <laughs> You're not going to watch your old coach? You're not going to like no, cheer I mean, him she, on? She was – so until before Roxanne defeated her in, in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> like she was like like my main kitty weight. And then Roxanne beat her. I'm like, oh, you've, you've won this fight and my heart, Roxanne. Um, but like, you know, just, just in case things don't work out with Roxanne, I do want to have a backup. And I'm like uh. – and 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 Antonina is almost as attractive as Roxanne. Not quite. But she's close. Uh, yeah. It's, she's you know, uh, if she could just cosplay a little bit more, then she she might even she might even overtake her. <laughs> and and she's got like a pilot's license and everything. So I'm like, yeah, like maybe she's gonna need a green card to the U.S. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sure, the U.S. has its problems, as we we talked about at great length, but. We're still not as shitty as Russia. Like, which really, I think that could become our new, like, national slogan. The U.S., still not as shitty as Russia. And, or, or, uh, so, you know, I've got to keep that avenue open. So in case I meet her, I want to be able to talk about her, her fight with Ariana. Maybe, like, console her, like, give her a shoulder to, to, to cry on. So, like, i got to prep for that. And if the TV's still on when, when Brandon fights, then so be it. But, you know. Priorities. So you're, you're not you're not really going to watch that one, huh? I'm surprised. I was oh, Brandon. Say, Ro- oh, you are you talking about like in reality? Royval Moreno. Yeah, are you talking about like in this bit that I'm doing, or in like actual reality? In actual reality. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that fight. Oh, you dick. Well, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so um, I uh, this is one where I'm pretty sure you're going to be rooting for your boy boy Brandon Royval, and he's a good fighter. Nothing against him. He's good. 
but I gotta go with the the boy from my my dad's hometown, Tijuana, Mexico, uh, Bannon, Babyface, Assassin. Um, I gotta go with him. It's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a really good fight, I think. It's gonna be one of the best fights of the entire card, in my opinion. So, so, so first of all, like, uh, that's what we said the last time Rival fought. Like, basically all the same stuff. And I think I feel like that equally held true. I mean, like, Kai Kara France probably should have beat him. Um, and now this is another step up in con- uh, competition. I mean, uh, Moreno got a unanimous decision over Kai Kara France. Uh, and he also beat Juicier Formiga, which is even more impressive. Like, Formiga is one of those guys where he's very, very good. And you just don't beat him unless you're legit. Um, yeah. And the thing about Royval that we learned in the last two fights is like he he's just going to fucking do shit. <laughs> like, yeah. He's going to go in. He's going to mix it up. He's going to throw some ill-advised punches. He's going to get hit in the head when he shouldn't. He's going to go for uh, some, you know submission finishes. Like he's he's trying to not only win the fight, like he's also trying to get a $50,000 Bonus and, and that seems to be how he fights and he'll probably fight like that until it, it burns him a couple times and it and it hasn't yet. So the, there's just going to be some fireworks, I think, one way or the other. Uh, it could be Brandon just getting bodied and knocked out. It, it could be him losing and pulling off another improbable finish. Only time will tell. Uh, yeah, that that's gonna be a good fun fight. I can't. That's that's probably like I said. That's probably gonna be my favorite fight. Or I'm I'm saying pre-fight, pre-fight card. That'll be the probably the fight of the night. But again, things change up. Some shit can happen. Maybe it's a boring matchup. Um, trying to pull up the rest of the goddamn card, but UFC uh, website is horrible. You, you know how you know how they do odds for fights. Yeah. If so, if if. Uh, if you did odds on that fight being boring, it would be like plus like three thousand on it being boring. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. It it plus you know minus three thousand on it being an exciting fight plus three thousand yes. on it being a boring fight. Sure. Um, um, took me a while to follow like the the math. <laughs> uh, you know you you, for, you forgot how how uh, how odds work in our country because it's just. Freaking weird makes no sense. So it's understandable. I was trying, I was trying to do metrics. Anyway, oh, you know who else is? I didn't even realize. What? Wow, it's on the early prelims. How he's fought? Alan Jobin. Oh, he's oh yeah, fighting. he's he's your boy. He, he's he's not my boy. He's he's someone that I I, I don't remember how, why I follow him on Instagram. Like because I haven't had a lot of uh, communication. He's doing with commentating. Them. He's doing commentating work now here and there. I, I, he did he did one broadcasting thing where he was like a broadcaster in one fight or something like that. I forget what 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 it was. Yeah, and he does a podcast and he's a, he's a model like Al, Alan Joban is probably the best looking dude. We were talking about um about female cutie weights. Now there there was a oh, short lived no. Don't do it. Don't no, this is, a, this is this is I'm not, hold on. Settle down. Calm down. <laughs> I'm saying there there was a short-lived movement to get a male ketoate division going, mostly led by Elias Theodoro and Sage Nordcutt. And then, and then uh, they realized, oh, like dudes don't care about how good looking other dudes are. 
and there's not a big enough market for women, so this just isn't going to happen. But Alan Jobin was like, I'm a fighter. I'm going to go there and throw and try to fucking knock people out or get knocked out. I don't, and he never, he's never played into this cutie weight thing at all, other than like, oh, you're going to pay me money to like get pictures taken? Cool. Like, I will take your money. Um, But all that being said, Alan Jobin, got to be the best looking dude in the UFC. Back to fighting. Uh, literal, Mike Perry. Literal, literal, literal model. <clears throat> Back to fighting. Mike Perry's going to be fighting Tim Means. What the fuck's that about? Uh, Mike Perry's gone a little crazy. Um, he's got like his girlfriend cornering him the last fight he was there. It really bizarre. I don't know what the fuck he's doing with his career. So it's going to be an interesting fight nonetheless. But the co-main and the main event fights, both other good fights to probably watch. I think they're still going to be both one-sided fights. The champion, Valentina Shevchenko, is going to probably be de- defeat Jennifer Maya. Um, and then the champion, Davison Figueredo, is probably going to just beat the shit out of Alex Perez. Perez is like a, whatever, eight-week, six-week um, notice replacement. So, yeah. yeah. V- Valentina Shevchenko, she's like the real-life Black Widow. Like, uh, yeah, if there were, yeah, if they're like, yes. yeah, cause she's Rush, <laughs> she, Russian, she, she, Russian we- weapons expert. Like yeah. her, her nickname is bullet because she loves to train in shooting and like she does, she does like shooting courses and everything. Um, I thought it was because she liked to do, she, she liked to juice. What now? Oh, she, because cause she likes the bullet juicer. Yes. This, this is just like a really like long con to get like a low tier sponsorship. Uh huh. <laughs> well, it's possible. She, so, yeah. so, so hopefully that pans out for her. So separate from her love of uh, juicers, she also likes to shoot guns. Yeah, a lot. Her, her, and her sister. They just out of out of all the the people in the UFC, they do have a fascinating lifestyle. That there's it's two sisters who just like travel around, like shooting shooting guns and training mixed martial arts. All right, like, serious question here. Serious question. Like a for real serious question or a way for real serious question. Okay, got it. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. Like Valentina's we, we, Glock. We 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 are absolutely gonna go on a double date, you and I. Uh-huh. It's it's gonna happen. Uh-huh. The god the gods are gonna will it to happen. But okay. but we get to choose. The power is in our in our hands. Uh-huh. Do we go on a double date with Valentina and Shevchenko or the, the Shevchenko sisters? Valentina uh-huh. and Antonina, or do we go on a double date with Irene and um, Irene uh, and Alexa Grasso? Easy. Yes, there you go. Easy, easy answer. That do we go with the Latin mommies? That what we're saying? Yeah, because because here's the problem: things, the chances of it working out with the Shevchenko sisters, probably not going to happen, right? Why not? Like, you said so yourself. They they need they need American citizenship. You yeah, so they're 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 wandering martial arts nomads. Like okay. But but here's the thing, you and Irene Aldana, like I feel like there's a strong possibility that is <laughs> that is gonna work out. That's who. So you know if if it was between uh, me just going on a date with Alexa Grasso or uh, the the uh, uh, elder Shevchenko sister, I really have to think about that. But I, my whole goal in this 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 kitty weight dating. Um, machinations is to wingman for you, oh, okay. and I'm gonna I'm just like I'm gonna tell this story about how I learned Spanish sort of on Duolingo, 
and then like use that to set you up with your future wife. And that's this is really this whole thing has just been a long protracted plan to set you and Arendia Aldana up for uh, eternal happiness. I'd be that'd be kind of cool. <clears throat> um, yeah, good fights this weekend coming up. I'm looking but, forward to it. There, there's a, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of steps. Like at first I have to be able to poop like a normal human. That's step one, <laughs> like getting my neck fixed. So like I can actually yeah. go to an event and sit down or like sit at a restaurant. Then, you know, we got to fix this pandemic. There's some, some, actually some really promising news on that front. So hopefully that'll happen. Then we both have to get to a UFC event where, uh, the, the, uh, Irene and Alexa are, are present, probably not fighting cause they're gonna be too busy. Uh, and then we're going to make contact. And then once that happens, once once all those things have, have have you know aligned the the sun and the moon are just right arbor, I I will I'm gonna make a good faith attempt to actually set that up. That'd I will. be sweet. That'd I, be sweet. The, the, you know the the uh, it, it, to, to to sort of paraphrase Dumb and Dumber, the chances might be one in a million that I'm successful, but you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, stay tuned next week. We are going to probably be talking about Thanksgiving turkey food and all this good stuff, and who knows what other bullshit we'll be talking about. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry for missing a week. We had important shit to take care of. But uh, next week, stay tuned. We'll be It'll be just and, as fun, I promise. And I just want to ask all, all you religious people out there, just, just say a prayer for me. One prayer equals one poop. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> one prayer equals one poop. All right, you got my prayers. Next week. See you guys. Actually, holy, I feel my bowels moving. Oh, no. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.